here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crage. <laughs> who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, the, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? <laughs> Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I am Rich Krejci, alongside, as always, a Joe, but this time, not Joe Lanza. I have a guest coming in. Lanza needed the night off. So I have Mr. Joe Gagne. Joe, what's going on? Oh, man, we used to have such good brand separation with the Joes on the network. Me being, you know, good, wholesome family man of the Joe <laughs> being eligible bachelor, shall we say. But now he's uh, he's married, settled down. He's doing passionate speeches about family. Uh, it's just terrible. He's got you beat on a number of kids, correct? Yeah, he, no, he jumped, yeah, he he rapidly up, passed yeah. you in the in the kid count. That was uh almost overnight. It seemed like he passed in the kid count. So that's, that probably really seems fair. <laughs> oh, he, he he can keep that uh, that prize. <laughs> that's that's fine. How's how's your uh, your little one doing? Oh, he's fantastic. It's uh, third grade and all that. And uh, where can I find his podcast? Uh, oh, really <laughs> wait till uh, <laughs> boy, I, we we were playing the old um, on the Switch. They have the old uh, internet hookup. You get to play old. NES games. We were yes, going through oh, the new one online. I yeah, wish yeah. I was, uh, yeah, recording those for uh, posterity. He's a big fan of that uh, Yoshi game, which is just uh, some puzzle game that's fun for like two minutes. But he, enjoys. it's like a doctor. It's like a ripoff Doctor Mario, right? That Yoshi. Yeah, game. it's I'm ugly as hell. Oh, it's yeah, it's not good yeah. at all. <laughs> not Very late era NES, and they, did, you know, they could tell they weren't <laughs> terribly interested. Right. Now, <laughs> right. thank God that's over with now, and video game companies. Uh, do their best to ensure. Uh, oh, of course, yeah. They don't just churn out a product with with a yeah. name on it and hope that you buy it. I mean, that's, there's effort, and, and you know that goes in every game. Well, that's a nice little foreshadow to what we have going on later. But uh, Joe, for people that don't know you or haven't listened to for some godforsaken reason, haven't listened to the Five Star Match Game on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, I uh, don't let people know where they can uh, find you on Twitter and any of the other stuff that you do before we kind of get into the topics of the day. Yeah, Twitter is uh, Joe Gagne, G A G N E. And uh, yeah, I do the five-star match game here at the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. There will be another episode soon. I actually delayed recording one tonight to be with you to uh, to set that no, up. I feel, and, uh, that, thanks a lot. I feel terrible now. So No, I, I'd... Uh, we should've, you should have uh, just done that. <laughs> the recording software doesn't work. I should probably get a little extra time to figure that out. So we'll, uh, the, uh, the delay was uh, necessary, I assure you. Can we get a and, little hint or a preview as to what this episode is? I'm, I I'll don't just, even know this. I don't even I'll know this. I'll say know. it's uh, <laughs> kind of a weird time period, but early 90s WCW to pre-Nitro. Ooh, okay, okay. And who are the uh, who are the esteemed guests? 
Oh, we have, uh, let's see, we, we're going to have the Falcon, Mikey Falcone, but he sadly had to drop out. Uh, oh, that's... We so have uh, Brian Rose and, um, and uh, I, forget, I forget his name, one of the uh, Bring Spirits guys who was on here before. Uh, and Drew? Trot, yeah, I, I think Drew, so. Yeah, and the, Drew, yeah, yeah the probably. He's, that, that's his era for sure. Yeah, yes, so that's, uh, ooh, that's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, I got my money on Drew. Uh, if it is actually true that you have not, uh, yeah, not Andy, I would, I would definitely. If it's Drew, I'm definitely betting Drew. If it's Andy, I still think I'd probably go Andy, but maybe a little bit closer. That's not thing that's Brian, but Drew, I think that might be wheelhouse. Yeah. And, and the Falcon would have beaten all of them. We'll see. We also have a third in the, I don't know, the big trust man on Twitter <laughs> told me he wanted to be on one time. So I'm like, well, <laughs> someone dropped out. So I don't know good. anything about him, so I don't know. He could, uh, he could be the sleeper. Maybe I have no he idea. might be a ringer. <laughs> that's good so that's look for that of course the five-star match game on the voice wrestling podcast network and of course at joe gagney follow him on twitter so let's get to the news of the week we had a bunch of stuff uh, to talk about here we're going to just uh review the destruction and kobe show uh, we're going to preview fighting spirit unleashed coming up this sunday we got ring of honors death before dishonor also coming up uh, this weekend coming up on friday uh progress is wembley show uh, I'm going to do the AEW uh, Jim Lynham tournaments uh, night one, so we'll talk a little bit about that tournament. Uh, and then, of course, since I have you on, we're going to talk some Fire Pro, some uh, WWE 2K19, which is on the horizon. I know you're just angling to talk about WWE 2K19, and that was absolutely not the game you were referring to earlier when you were saying that game developers no. don't care or put effort into it. Sure. Come on, have you seen the roster reveals? I mean, come on. <laughs> like... <laughs> I like when everyone... the wrestlers who are in the game are tweeting like look i know i look like a mutant and my mannerisms <laughs> right. are way off but hey i'm in a video game folks That's right <laughs> yeah like oh my god the adam cole <laughs> it's the best one and you know through gritted teeth because you know adam cole knows he looks like shit in that game right like oh. it looks, it looks nothing like adam cole there's creator wrestlers <laughs> that are a thousand times better than that they can go into the freaking vault or whatever the hell they call it and find 15 Adam Coles that are better detailed, but he still has to be like, oh my God, I can't believe it. <laughs> like everybody has to have that same reaction. Like they just cannot fathom that they're in this video game. It's unbelievable. Well, great. There you go. I, I guess they get some extra money on their paycheck. So good for them, I guess. And then we're also going to do questions. We got a lot of questions from our Patreon uh, subscribers as well as some people on the forum. So we're going to do those as well. So we got a nice packed show here. Uh, but let's kick it off with the Destruction Kobe show. So now I talked about this on the subscriber side uh, over at patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. Um, so, Joel, I'll let you probably do some of the uh, a little bit more of the talking here, but I'll, of course, you know, interject as, as need be. But uh, I don't know that we necessarily need to run down every single match on the entire card. I think that might be a little tiresome <laughs> for a card that especially is almost a week old at this point. But uh, I think we'd be remiss if we did not start off with the main event, uh, Tanahashi and Okada. Uh, this is for, of course, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship Challenge Rights Certificate, the old briefcase, uh, to get the main event at Tokyo Dome. And I thought in what was... I guess I, 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 this is what I assumed the result was going to be, but I was kind of shocked, and I'm curious on your thoughts of how definitive it was. Hiroshi Tanahashi, after three high-fly flows, or you know, two modified high-fly flows, and then or, or one modified high-fly flow and two normal ones, or whatever the hell it was, just pins Okada in the middle of the ring, not a bunch of kickouts. Okada never doesn't kick out of the high-fly flow and then hit a Rainmaker and all that sort of stuff. Tanahashi just wins one, two, three in the middle of the ring, and he presumably still has to face Jay White, we assume, uh, but presumably we'll be going to the main event of uh, the Tokyo Dome and Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Joe, what do you think of this match of Destruction Kobe with Tanahashi and Okada? Oh, I thought it was tremendous. I know it's way to rank it. Like, who knows? There have been so many of them. You know, the, they were in different roles at this point. I was, I, did, I didn't know who was going to win this match, honestly, which made it so good to me. I, I kind of thought, you know, Tanahashi's days as a main eventer were done, and Okada put him in his rearview mirror. I didn't think he would lose to him again, but like you said, it was a very clean, definitive win. That spot where he, you know, pushed Okada off the top and immediately hit the high five flow was tremendous. I 
just uh you know and then hit the others and and scored the clean win so i mean it sure looks like we're headed towards uh Kenny Omega and Tanahashi. Since I already started building the program, I guess <laughs> before uh, the match, but you know, yeah, before the match. Uh, besides that, I mean, even with them doing that, I kind of thought... I thought that was a red herring, though. Honestly, I really, mm-hmm. honestly, and that's what I talked about with Joe uh, Lanza last week. Is that like the? It felt to me like, oh well, they're a little too on the nose about that. They would, they wouldn't. New Japan's better about that. They, the hell, they don't even announce this Fighting Spirit Unleashed card, even though it was <laughs> dying in the vine. Like, please announce matches for this. But they had to wait for this show to announce matches for it. So there's no way they're going to start building towards the Wrestle Kingdom main event already when Tanahashi already has one obvious challenger in front of him and then presumably another one in, in, in Jay White, but it wasn't Red Herring. It was just like, nope, Tanash is looking on to the next next you know, that next challenger, which I thought was crazy. And I think, like you said, the definitiveness was what really stood out to me. And I talked about that, um, you know, on the subscriber side when I did the, the instant reaction is just that it, I'm watching it. It's, you know, 35 minutes or whatever. I assume, okay, well, you know, the high five flow gets hit and I'm waiting for Okada to get up at 2.9. And then it starts, you know, he hits Rainmaker and the wrist control and all that sort of stuff. No, it's just, Tanashi just wins. It just beat him. And I thought what was pretty cool about that, and I'm curious on your thoughts about this too, is, you know, we heard a lot of hand ringing during the G1 about, oh, this Okada story, this broken Okada story. There's not much to it. And, you know, yeah, he's he lost the first two, but then he just kind of reeled off wins the rest of the way and, and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, Tanashi didn't beat him, you know, in the G1. He just kind of hit the time limit or whatever. But I thought this, to me, was a really good kind of finality or, or or maybe to the next step of the broken Okada character because this is, you know, a guy that he put in his rear view many, many years ago. This should have been done. This should have been easy for Okada, but it just wasn't. And and what I thought of what was cool about the match too is Tanahashi, you know, other than, you know, he, he was sold a lot throughout the match or whatnot, but it felt very much like Tanahashi had control of the match almost the entire way. And that's why I was so like shocked that Okada didn't kick out and have his little streak. He had his little things here and there, Okada, but man, for the most part, this felt like a Tanahashi dominant match too. It was it was kind of crazy in that sense. Did you get the same idea uh, with, with Tanahashi dominating? Yeah, he felt like the favorite throughout the whole match, which was odd because he hadn't been in that role in you know years and years. And just to see him kind of take control over that is just still kind of a shocking ending. Yeah, and and as far as the broken Okada thing, where where do you lie on that? Where you know. I'm not sure because I don't know if I've talked to you about the the G1 and and your thoughts on that. But of course, like, yeah, Okada starts out losing the first two matches and it's sort of, oh, this is the broken character. And and we're seeing him still win in, in the later nights and obviously get all the way to the, the, the you know, the, the final night or whatnot. But it never felt like he was in. And that's what I kind of said when people were like, oh, he's just winning. I'm like, yeah, yeah he's winning. But you got to look at the the moves are a little weird. He doesn't quite hit things right. He hit the stupid looking Rainmaker on Yoshihashi. Like just stuff was a little off and whatnot. And then. In this match, I thought was a good sort of way to to, to build off of that broken Okada because it's like, damn, he he's he was broken. I mean, he did not. This is a guy that he years ago should have put in the rear view, and Tanahashi should have never ever been in the situation to beat Okada as cleanly as he did. But he did. I mean, where where, where do you lie on that with the broken Okada? Do you think this was part of that story, or do you think it might be a a new sort of story they're trying to tell with Okada? No, I think it's part of it of everything kind of falling apart for him and what happened with Gato, as I'm sure we'll discuss in a second here with his own manager dumping him because he lost you know he lost again he's a loser now so i think it's all part of how that's unfurling yeah and and i think we of course need to talk about the uh final match angle for people that did not see this uh after the match uh jay white runs out he hits uh tanahashi with the uh what the hell i'm blanking on a goddamn name a switchblade right the switchblade mm-hmm. or, yeah that's uh so he hits the the move on uh on tanahashi he grabs the briefcase starts kind of gesturing towards it pointing towards it um Yoshihashi runs down <laughs> and I felt horrible that night. I still kind of do because like I like making fun of Yoshihashi, but this was just sad because he runs down, he trips, 
Uh, and then he's gashed. Like his fucking <laughs> face is just crimson red. Like, my God, it's one thing to like just trip and fall. But dude, he was completely knocked out and his face was just glistening red. What I thought was funny is, is a lot of people assume that the blood came from Jay White hitting him with the chair, which would have been an awesome angle and really work. But no, it was Yoshiashi falling no. over himself that caused the bleeding. But, uh, yeah. Jay White may have well have held a football from to kick and then pulled it away at the end. <laughs> oh, God, poor Yoshiashi. Uh, so Yoshiashi comes out and trips and then walks away and rolls out of the ring so people can attend to him so he doesn't do a whole lot uh and then gato comes down and then in the big turn gato hits the weakest fucking chair shot in history which uh really it didn't take away from the moment for me but now in watching gifts i'm like oh no that's such a bad chair shot like in the moment i was watching live on spoiled so i was like oh my god oh crap like oh wow that's that's awesome I, in retrospect, it was such a bad chair shot. He uses the wrong side of the chair. He's bending his elbow in a weird way. Who taught him? He, This man <laughs> worked in He's ECW. exposed he, as a fake Memphis fan. He yeah, like, the, what the hell? Like, he talks about how much he looks Memphis. He was, he was in ECW forever. He did FMW, for God's sakes, for years and years and years. Like, how did this man learn how to hit a chair? Like, did... Take, it took way too much from uh, from Lance Storm, of course. Which is you know, <laughs> there's always there's good <laughs> things right. to take from Lance Storm, and then there's one bad thing. And chair shots is maybe the worst thing to take from a uh, old Lance. But uh, I guess Gator wanted eulogies. to be nice. <laughs> right? Chair shots and eulogies don't find better <laughs> role models. Oh my god! But then, uh, so the big moment there was Gato turning on Okada, aligning himself with Jay White, and now we don't know the fallout quite yet. We know that there's probably some turmoil and chaos. Uh, Jay White, I guess he's assuming control of of chaos with you know of Gato because Gato is always kind of the de facto leader of chaos, even though Okada was like the wrestler leader. So with Gato moving to Jay White, now you'd assume that Okada has to be out of chaos that jay white's gonna leave and form his own stable like joe where, where do you see this breaking down what do you think the next step is now and, you know we're recording this on thursday so i don't know if they're gonna announce tomorrow hey this is the new chaos or whatever this weekend we'll talk about shows where okada is technically working with chaos i don't know if those are in canon or what the hell's going on with that but where do you where do you kind of stand with what you know where that's going to go afterwards and, and what do you think of the angle oh i thought it was great i thought it was much needed because the you know I appreciate the stability in the factions, but it's been so long. No, god damn that it. The chaos has been Jesus Christ. Yeah. Let, let me let, let, I gotta find some of these years while you're talking here. Let's let's yeah just kind of give I me mean, one idea of how long these stables have been around. Yeah, I mean I you could do a split where some people follow Jay White, some people I don't know who would follow Jay White given the level of uh partner he's been in chaos. Goto. I <laughs> Goto, yeah, should, I know. Goto should be the one guy. It's like, you know what? I'll try something different. That might yeah, work over he's there. Like, I'm, I'm losing to Taichi. I need, uh, <laughs> I need to a paradigm shift here. But who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Ishii will turn on him at the uh, Fighting Spirit Unleashed show. That, I mean, there's a hundred different ways Ishii. to go. Not big time. <laughs> no. How dare you? That will never happen. Okay, <laughs> just give me an idea. Yeah. No, you're right. No, there's And that's awesome. And I think that's the one thing that I'm really interested about this more than anything is, of course, we've had the Bullet Club turmoil and all that sort of stuff. But, but still, they're like all kind of still Bullet Club and whatnot. And I hope that this is a real in some ways, some some sort of split where whether, like I said, whether Okada then assumes the role of, of the chaos leader and and there's kind of a new amount of guys that are in chaos or if Jay White forms his own or or if Jay White takes chaos. I just want something different for guys. I just want not to be this like warring faction where similar to Bull Club, where it's like these three different you know groups but they're all still the bullet club and it's like ah you know just i just want something different in the stables and in, in the units in New Japan because yeah just to give you an idea I believe the first match of chaos April 
of 2009. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Jeez. Christ. I mean, that is a long time ago. Of course, it's, it was much different at that point. It's, you know, Giant Bernard and, and Nakamura and, you know, <laughs> Jado and Black Tiger and all these guys. But, uh, yeah, it's still, like, for all intents and purposes, chaos is, is, you know, in its, what, 10th year at this point? Almost close mm. to its 10th year. I mean, Jesus Christ, that's that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of, of chaos. And, and, yeah, the Bullet Club now has been around for, for quite a few years. I think it's around seven or eight years uh, for Bullet Club. Uh, Suzuki Gun, of course, has been around for, for quite a few years as well. And LIJ is like the new ones, but shit, LIJ is now getting up there in a few years. So it's like we haven't had any sort of new s- stables or units or whatnot. So I think it'd be a great idea to have something happen. Some guys break away. If anything, and I've mentioned this on the subscriber you know side before and on the, on the flagship many times before, and I'm curious on your thoughts as well, of just to get some different matchups. You know what I mean? Like Ishii turning heel. Yeah, that would, because, oh man, it's Ishii. I don't want him to turn heel. But then there's new matches. You know what I mean? There's new things for Ishii to do. These guys have kind of been doing the same sort of styles of matches and the same kind of opponents for quite a few years because everyone's been sort of aligned in their stables. So I think that would play as big of a role if anything. It's just kind of getting some people, some fresh matchups. Yeah, like, you know, how many LIJ versus uh, Suzuki Goon tag matches that we've seen this year there's one on this card like just you know any kind of mix up even a little bit could add some freshness absolutely what so what would be your prediction then so you 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 know we've had this angle you know forgetting whatever's going to happen this weekend or whatnot what's your prediction of of where everybody goes or where everybody moves and not every single person but where does like the jay white okada power struggle go how does that sort of work itself out uh i'll say like one or two people join jay white the, the rest stick with uh okada or i might lead to something at uh at the uh the the dome where you know the winner you know gets to stay and lead the loser gets kicked out which could Mm -hmm. go a couple different you could see okada get kicked out and kind of hit rock bottom at that point and then maybe have to climb his way back up as a man without a country yeah and i think that after after you know the the destruction of kobe i think we pretty much have it locked down that in my mind at least unless anything completely changes that okada jay white is probably a wrestle kingdom match uh whether it's for control of chaos or like you said, kick out of the stable or whatever they're, they're going to do that feels pretty comfortable. And then of course, Tanahashi and, and Omega feels like the, the definite uh, main event there. And then that leaves Naito with, you know, maybe Jericho or, or, or whatnot, assuming hopefully Jericho, uh, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, to me, and I, I'm sure you have a similar thought there. Jay White Okada seems like for sure that the, the Tokyo don't match now. Right. Yeah. I can't imagine what else I can imagine. Jay White winning the briefcase at this point. It just seems like we're locked in at this point to Tanahashi and Omega. And then that would certainly leave uh, White and uh, and Okada. So, which would be awesome. I mean, that's two yeah, semi-main events for, for for Jay White too, which is pretty cool. And I think more than anything, and 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 I'm curious uh, again, you know, what what, what your uh, attraction on this is as well. But um, Jay White is a guy who, and I get it. There there was a little rough patches there when he was kind of finding the character. Of course, Russell Kingdom was a very rough patch, a match that just did not work, and it was kind of boring and had its you know it had its warts and whatnot. But through the G1, even though it was kind of annoying that he was finishing a lot of his matches kind of shittily and doing low blows and all that sort of stuff, he was generating heat from it. And and we're seeing now after this angle, I'm really, I, I think this character is really starting to get into form and, and I'm excited. I'm generally excited that he's going to be hopefully in the semi-main event of Tokyo Dome. And I'm excited to see what the next step of it. I think they've done a masterful job of getting him to the level that he is. Where, where, where do you think, uh, or what, what do you think? Oh yeah. So far? I, I'm just, I'm just very curious where this character came from because he was always kind of a, you know, his excursion, you know, scrappy, you know, face kind of white meat baby face. And I was wondering where the inspiration came from to turn him into this kind of conniving dastardly fellow, because like, I mean, the, the character work is exemplary. I mean, the, the matches can get annoying with their tropes at times, but I mean, the character work is very compelling. I'm, I wonder where that came from. 
have they ever done an origin story for that yet or is it just like I, I don't I know he's like had you know promos and stuff and he talked about it but yeah it seems kind of weird like you said because it's like he leaves and he's like this you know kind of scrappy you know underdog hotshot youngster and then he comes back and he's like you know got leather jackets and knives and, and like they've kind of tried to explain it but I don't know if they've ever actually taken the amount of effort to really really explain but I guess they didn't really explain evil while <laughs> why Skywalker not what's an just decided to carry a you know a uh, have a bunch of lasers pointing out of his fingers, but hey, you know, I guess that's that's pro wrestling at some point. Yeah, I guess you don't need to have everything explained. Although I would like an explanation for that. Now that you mention it, <laughs> it's kind of accepted that. Like, sure, carries a big like, sickle oh, and uh, he's got like, laser hands. Uh, like, yeah, he went to Mexico and like similar to the Nakamura thing. Like, if you go to Mexico, I just assume that you took a bunch of drugs and then you're like you kind of come back and you're the way you are. So that makes sense. Like Watanabe makes, or not, not uh, uh, Takahashi makes all the sense in the world. Like, well, he went to Mexico and took a shit ton of drugs. So now he's this guy. <laughs> like, that's fine. I'll accept that. The same thing with the Nakamura when he came back as Michael Jackson cosplayer. Like, that makes sense. He just got really, really high all the time. And that's what he came back as. But yeah, I don't know. Watanabe goes yeah. to Ring of Honor and doesn't do anything in New Jersey yeah, for a while. Stuck in New Jersey, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, guess, I guess New Jersey will do that to you. Oh, yeah. you turn you evil, but. Uh, there you go for that. So uh, the semi-main event here, the Junior Heavyweight Championship Tournament semifinal was Kushida defeating Bushi. Uh, Joe, what did you think of this match? Uh, liked it. Thought it was very good. Um, found myself kind of rooting for Bushi, just kind of shake things up. I know Kushida's his superior and, and should win this match by all rights, but kind of was, uh, was kind of like, like, see Bushi kind of get a little something here because he's, you know, he's the guy who usually drops falls in LIJ tag matches and does okay in this super juniors and that's kind of about it but uh no i thought he acquitted himself well i did like how kushida still kicked out of a pinfall after he got misted because you know that shouldn't stop you from getting your shoulders <laughs> off of that that's always kind of a weird trope like ah, i can't see and ah, then, i'm not even gonna bother kicking out there's no yeah. point. <laughs> ah, that's, i'm blown you know so but uh no and uh yeah and then kind of I, I did appreciate that and uh you know just another very good kushida match so there's a big thumbs up there yeah, I really liked it as well, and I thought what was cool is that it didn't get, it didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome either. There was, you know, a little over sixteen minutes. So I think it was a perfect length for it. Um, and and what I liked too is there was a fair amount of flying in this, but I think what was really awesome is that it was a lot of counters, counters to counters, like that sort of stuff. There was there was obviously a familiarity with these two that played into the story a little bit, where you know Bushi would try something, Kushido would have a counter for it. Kushido would try something, Bushi would have a counter for it. And I like that aspect of it. I like the idea that it wasn't just a complete, you know, sort of Bushi flips around and Kushido does a bunch of stuff like that. I think it was cool that it was kind of worked on the ground a little bit and and they played into that too because kushida whenever kushida does do the very grounded uh targeted matches he usually gets some boost from the crowd and i thought that was a good way to play it up as well because even when he was entering it was obvious that the crowd was going to be kind of half bushy half kushida so it was cool to see him play into that a little bit and just say hey look i'm just i'm not gonna be this happy-go-lucky babyface kushida i'm gonna be the ass kicker you know, badass Kushida that tries to beat you and, and and make you tap out and work over your arm or whatnot. So I think it was cool that they played in that dynamic. And and yeah, it was kind of interesting to see Bushi get almost 50-50 reaction there. And then towards the end, it feel like the, felt like a lot of the crowd uh, got a little bit more behind Bushi and was kind of rooting for the underdog, similar to what you said. But uh, I don't have any real big issue. I think either one of these guys would have been fine with me. Uh, Kushida makes the most sense probably. Uh, but yeah, Bushi would have been fun just to kind of change things up a little bit. So, so I, I'm with you on that, but, uh, I don't know if I have any super strong thoughts on like Kushida winning. I think it's, it, it's fine. And we'll see, you know, where he does in the next uh, round of the tournament, but Bushi would have been a fun sort of, uh, change of pace. So, but yeah, mm. like I said, either one's fine with me. There's only four guys in this tournament. Every four of them, all four of them are like, fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't care if either one of them, uh, 
who eventually does win. So uh, move on to uh, the aforementioned LIJ Suzuki gun uh, tag match. Uh, it was Naito Sonata and Evil defeating Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr. And Takamichi Noku, I was kind of done with this match. and didn't. I just did nothing for me, man. I just could not wait for it to be over. I don't know if it was just annoyance that Naito and Suzuki at each other's throats again. <laughs> it's like, you just finished it. You just had a match. Like yeah. I know you're playing out the strings of the tour or whatnot, but... I, I had not this match. I just wanted it to be over. And thankfully, it only went about 10 minutes, so it was over kind of quick. Did you have any strong thoughts about this one whatsoever? Nope. I feel like I've seen it 100 times this year. So yeah. We can I, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly what I, I think I did in the subscriber side. I was like, I don't, I don't know. So, uh, all right. So we'll move on to a match that I thought was pretty fun uh, for uh, gimmick and angle-wise. We would see, of course, what would happen later in the show, and that's kind of played into this. Uh, it was the chaos team of Jay White, Yoshihashi, and Will Ospreay. Uh, defeating Juice Robinson, David Finley, and Toa Hanare. Uh, a lot of this was centered around Jay White, Yoshihashi, and kind of feuding Jay White's um, kind of bossing Yoshihashi around, Yoshihashi being Yoshihashi. Uh, Will Ospreay kind of just being there for long for the ride and kind of not sure what was going on. More like the guy who just wanted his two friends to stop fighting but knew they weren't going to stop fighting, so just kind of threw his hands up and said whatever. Uh, believe it or not, Joe, at one point in this match, Yoshihashi held up. I believe he held up uh, Toa Hanare. Uh, for the old uh, heel bounce off the ropes, and he's going to you know, elbow the guy that's being held up by his teammates. And, and Joe, you'll be shocked to know the guy that was about to be elbowed ducked, and the teammates hit each other. I was stunned by this revelation there that the holding the guy up did not work yet again in pro wrestling. But one day. I was kind of stunned they still won the match afterwards. They <laughs> right. the, the, the best you is yeah, to rolls him up, Jim kicks out, and then just hits a switchblade. Like, ah, fuck, like, get out of here. <laughs> like, God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really, I really, I really like the Hanari, um, Juice and uh, Finley team. Just felt like, you know, kind of, you'd see like, you know, Brian Pillman and Tom Zank teaming up, like some young, <laughs> I, I know this guy kind of an odd comparison, but, you know, the, the, the young baby faces teaming up and they have a lot of energy and all that. I just thought that was really, I hope that, I hope that's something they stick with and even maybe go after the uh, six man titles. Yeah, it was a fun team, and, and Hanari is still kind of coming into his own a little bit. Juice is obviously, you know, really connecting with the crowds, and, and David Finley's David Finley, so that's good. But no, this yeah. is a good role for him, of course, to be you know the the third man in a in a in a, in a trio. So um, yeah, no, I was fine with that, and uh, yeah, this was uh, kind of fun. Like I said, it was mostly an angle uh, based match with White and, and Yoshihashi, you know, kind of uh, bickering and, and and whatnot. But I thought it was it was well worked, and Hanari when he was in there did some pretty good stuff. So it was kind of cool to see him get some featured spots. I uh, even though he of course took the pinfall, but yeah, pretty fun. Uh, match there. We'll move on here. Best friends defeating the Killer Elite Squad. It was, of course, Brett and Chucky e. T uh, versus Lance Archer and Davey Boy Smith. Uh, thoughts? Uh, were you kind of surprised to see the best friends pick up the win here? A little. It wasn't terribly definitive. It was kind of a banana peel. And, you know, I don't really like, you know, Brett took this big move and then he's also able to roll up uh, the, you know, fairly sizable. Um, I'm blanking on his name. I think it was Archer. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, it was Archer. Thank yeah. you. They did, they did the killer bomb. People did, yeah. So they do the killer bomb on Beretta, and then Beretta just like rolls through the pin. Yeah, I thought that was... I pin, mean, which is like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they won, and I'm glad they got a, a little bit of momentum. I know they won and won in tag matches with Tag League looming. <laughs> oh, God. Don't I'm going to watch Tag League. Do you oh, I, like, I watched all Tag League last year. So Why uh, do you do that? Why? Nobody has to do well, that. Well, it was, it was just kind of a... You know, I had thanksgiving week off from work and it started uh-huh. that uh, saturday so i'm like oh every day i can watch a couple tag matches and then you know i was just like why don't i have some fun? and then i kept rolling on so i guess i know this year the last year's tag league was was fine you know some years have been absolutely 
dreadful. Last year's was fine, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't dreadful. I'll say that. I wouldn't fine no, might was... be a, a bit of a reach, but <laughs> somewhere between dreadful and fine. So whatever word yeah, uh, you want to sure. describe there. Yeah, I was, I'm actually joking about the reviewing because we have lost so many reviewers to World Tag League. There's always, every single year, there's some like young upstart writer that's like, I want to do the World Tag League. And I'm like, no, you don't. And you don't. And they're like, no, I want to. And I'm like, all right, fine. And then they just immediately quit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that was fun. And then like weeks later, they're just done. They just leave, yeah. never hear from them again. They go into the hole and just say, I never want to think about New Japan for wrestling ever again. So um, I think I'm just going to like outwardly avoid us covering Tag League this year because we'll just lose. Well. Way too many writers from World Tag League. It's worse than Raw. It's killed more of writers than Raw has, which is is, is saying something for sure. Mm. Uh, then we moved on to eight man tag. Uh, a lot of old guys: Tenkozi and Minamu Nakanishi and Yuji Nagata versus the Taguchi Japan Togi Makabe, Hanma Taguchi and Yoshida. So one not old guy uh, and Yoshida, and then a lot of other old guys, and then Taguchi. And this match was fine. I don't know. I who cares? It was it was 10 minutes and it was exactly what you think it was by me listing all those names. Did, Joe, did you have any super strong thoughts about this uh, eight-man tag? Now, how's Hanma looking to you? Because I, th- I think he looks okay, but some people think he's on like death. <laughs> he's still on death's door out there. Yeah, I, I mean, he's fine. He just looks like a guy that, I mean, shit, what's he like 40? He's older. He's way older than anybody ex- yeah. expects him to be. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's fine. He's just like wrestles like a, you know, guy in his late 40s, right? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, he, he, I think people forget he wasn't like I, I, I was liked. I loved Hama matches, of course, they were awesome, but it was more about the crowd reaction to them than necessarily like the work in between the ropes. Like, he, he had some good stuff, he had some good highlights or whatnot, but he was never like this amazing super worker. And hell, he's getting himself back into shape a little bit. I, I don't know, I don't see the, 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 yeah, because I've seen the same stuff where it's like, oh my god, he looks horrible. I'm like, I don't know, he looks kind of yeah. normal to me, like just an eight man tag and he's just out there to hit some Kokeshi's like, I don't, I don't I know. I mean, he always misses the headbutt. I don't know <laughs> if that's what they're getting at. <laughs> like, Oh, this guy's terrible. He's so oh, he can't hit his headbutt. Um, yeah, he's still ridiculously tan. So I don't know. <laughs> he's still cut and very, very tan. So yeah. he's got that going for him. So still got a good smile too. That's always a nice bright teeth. I don't know. Are his teeth brighter? Is his skin just so dark? Like maybe his teeth are like <laughs> actually kind of brown, but like his skin is so like, my God, like that, the tan on that man. And, and like, a lot of the, he's got to be like far and away the most tan, yeah, Japanese wrestler I've ever seen in my life. Like, can you even think of anybody else that's even on the same level as him? Well, he's like a point nine EC three in terms of tans go. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His looks a little bit EC three is just super like fake looking. I get Hama <laughs> looks like he spends every day in a tanning booth. Mm. EC three looks like he spends like hours getting a spray tan. Where it would probably just be easier if he just went into the booth. But you're right. You're right. He's he's, he's certainly. Uh, he, he his only equal in the wrestling world right now might be EC3. Who uh, mm-hmm. EC3 gets the under the armpits too, which is a nice, uh, nice touch. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I haven't paid that much attention, Rich. So good on you for that attention to detail. <laughs> you know, because there was a while in, in, in TNA where he didn't do that. It looked kind of ridiculous, but he's now gotten it all together. So <laughs> I can't believe with the fine folks, Mark Carano probably yelled at him about it, or uh, with the Canyon Seaman or Seaman Canyon or the famous. Uh, I'm pretty sure his, his first name is not Seaman. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Not the Canyon's a lot better. Stephen Canyon's a better name, and also uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm gonna, actually, there is probably. Let me see real quick. I'm going to do a Google search here. Seaman Canyon. Oh boy, I don't know if you want that in your search. This engine. is the flagship, Joe. Uh, the first one that comes up is Canyon Seaman. So uh, yeah. there you go. So it he's immediately got that, he's got that locked down. Oh, he's got like the first page. So you can't even if you look up Seaman Canyon, it just immediately goes to him. So that's uh, <laughs> that's quite impressive here. Yeah. Let's put some quotes around there. Uh, this is just trying to sell me an iPhone, and I'm not going to click that link. <laughs> huh. 
Oh, this is another wrestling link. Oh my god! Even when you put links around it, so Canyon Seaman, uh, really, uh, really locking down the scene. So I had nobody's made a porn called Seaman Canyon. So there you go. If you're uh, listening at home and you want to try to, uh, you might be able to steal some SEO too from people searching uh, Canyon Seaman. So you can uh, try that. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, yes, let's. <laughs> Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask uh, defeating Yoshinobu Kanemoro and El Desperado. Real fun finish to this. If people didn't see it, Kanemoro was going for a uh, move off the top. Tiger Mask just kicked him in the fucking chest and pinned his ass, and that was it, man. Six minutes fifty seconds. These guys went balls to the wall for these seven minutes. No bullshit. No Suzuki gun interference. Just like these dudes out there working their asses off. I was shocked at how good this match was. Yeah, this was a ton of fun and um, kind of a nice, kind of a nice little upset victory. To add a little a little spice here and you know the junior tag league looming, which is a, a tag format, not a tournament this year. Am I correct in that? Uh, I believe that is correct. Let me let me clarify uh the junior tag tournament, but I, I think you're 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 right with uh or the junior tag league, I should say. Yeah, I think I think you're correct, but let me uh, let me clarify if they've actually officially announced that. Yeah, and um yeah, it was just kind of a quick all action, kind of a little fun sprint of a match. Everyone looked good, and um yeah, they've really I mean, you know. Desperado and Kanemaru, I, th- I think they said they've held it, the belts like 200 days, which I think it was the longest reign in like five years. So they kind of low key, because those belts used to ping pong all over the place. No one could get past their first defense. So it's yeah. kind of nice to see that. So we'll see what happens with the uh, the Junior Tag League approaching. Yeah, and you're, you're correct. Just just to clarify for people listening, it is going to be a block style tournament. It looks like an eight team uh, round robin uh, between those. So that, that's that's that has me much more interested in it as well. I did never really like the tournament structure all that much because you know you're, you're not getting. I I you know once you get the G one, once you kind of get a taste of that, you love the round robin. So yeah, I'm, I'm all in on that being a, a tournament. So that'll be pretty fun. And yeah, there's they have a lot of good teams now, junior teams. So that'll be fun to see uh, how it goes. We saw some. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Some guys. Uh, they're on that show that may be uh, crossing over and, and doing the junior tag league. But, uh, yeah, it looks, uh, looks like a lot of fun here. Uh, and then f- uh, two more matches here. Rapungi 3K defeating Omino and Narita. Uh, basically, your, your quote-unquote veterans, uh, your main roster guys versus two young Lions. I thought Omino and, and Narita had a pretty fair amount of offense, probably more than I expected. Uh, but when Rapungi needed to put them away, they just kind of put them away. But uh, were you shocked at all that the, the Lions seemed to get a pretty fair amount of offense on, on 3K? Not really, because 3K is not all that far removed from any young Lions themselves. Sure. So uh, it, it kind of makes sense. I think I'm a lot. I kind of appreciate these matches. I remember a um, a Corkin match. It was Red Dragon versus two young Lions. It may have been uh, Show and Yo, actually. That was actually a lot of fun. In, in oh, yeah. I, I think this, I would think it was Show and Yo. I do remember that. I, yeah, I, I so. thought it was Show and Yo. And yeah, they got they like took him to the absolute limit. And it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of reminded me of this, too. It's always, you know, these matches are always kind of fun just by the setup. And then uh, attempting to break a stalemate, 0, 0, and 14. Suji and Iwamura, they did not. They are 0, 0, and 15 now. Uh, any thoughts on the uh, Suji, Iwamura, <laughs> Young Lions, Boston Crab Fest that we had? Pretty fun. I mean, I enjoyed it, but yeah, it was it was exactly what it was going to be. Yeah, no, I, Kevin Kelly said, uh, well, they've had a bunch of draws in the past, so this will probably be another one. And I thought, ah, can't fool me, Kevin Kelly. <laughs> Someone's going to win. But then <laughs> the no, it draw, so <laughs> yeah. he... Uh, he faked me out by telling the truth. So, uh, but no, I, I like this a lot, and I kind of wonder if we'll see the uh, Young Lions Cup return again with kind of the the shifting of the Young Lions with um, uh, the great Okarn being out there and all that oh, with God. some new faces Jesus coming in. Christ. I'll see that. Yeah, hopefully he does come back. He needs to be saved quickly. But uh, yeah, thoughts? Uh, any any uh, Suji Uemura? Anyone that's sort of emerging from you? Things that you like out of the two guys? I thought Uemura seems like he has a little bit more of the charisma going for him and it seems a little bit more smooth in the ring. Suji has a good look and I think he will be better 
overall. Like I think he has a higher ceiling, but he's pretty rough right now. And you can tell he's kind of just trying to figure things out. Where, where, where do you sit with these two guys? Yeah, about the same. Although there's, you know, when was the last like bad young lion you saw? Exactly. Like, they'll both be great. You know, you know what I mean? Like they'll both be fine. So, like, there's no like Kona Reeves equivalent. In, uh, where you're just like, dare oh, you? How this guy is, oh, dare you? Well, you should listen to the uh, Patreon special. You're, uh, I know he is not a Kona Reeves. Your Lanza has uh, just an epic burial of Kona Reeves. He does. Uh, hit bricks. He does yeah. kind of stink. Yeah, yeah. there are guys are just like, you know, like uh, these guys don't have a future. I and mean, you don't really think that with any young lion. You think like, oh, these guys are good and, you know, may not be main eventing the dome but you know they'll probably have a solid future with the company was it you that tweeted and i think this was you and i i, I still remember this every time i see Conan reeves that i can never ever think of him that you said that he was pete davidson trying to do like a Hiromu takahashi on <laughs> right, of SNL. like, a, like two, two hours at like the point where nobody watches snl anymore like everyone's falling asleep or whatever that, that's like, right 11 35 or for you guys like past midnight like 12 35 like dumb yeah. skit that like just got dropped to the floor and eventually someone's like, yeah, whatever, dude. Yeah. Pete B Hiroma, whatever. I don't care. And like, you yeah. Reeves looks like, yeah. Pete Davidson's like yes, third rate, second, two and a half hour into SNL, like horrible, like Hiroma Takahashi <laughs> sketch. It's like, what are you trying to do? It's so bad, but that, that was you, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So thank that you. was me. Yes. That, that, I could never unsee that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could never unsee yeah. that when I see Conor Reeves. So it's, it's absolutely killed Conor Reeves. My SoundCloud today. album. <laughs> yeah, I should have plugged my SoundCloud album. It's a mix of acid jazz and Germanoid, so it's coming. It soon. really, that's really blew uh, up. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, no, that's about it for the Young Lions. There, <laughs> but uh, no, this was this was a good breezy show. This is after the last couple destruction shows. Where oh, I mean, could be a, a bit of a challenge. This was a nice. This was a nice Sunday watch. God, how much better was this than like all those other destruction shows? I mean, this blew yeah, like, those other ones away, like completely blew those out of the water. Mm-hmm. Hot crowd too, from beginning to end. Like that Kobe crowd was interested in, in in everything that was happening. So that that always will bring a show up a little bit more too. But yeah, I, th- I really liked uh, Destruction of Kobe, one of the uh, yep. better shows they've had this entire year. I think just in terms of top to bottom, like there was really when I talk about like matches that I did not enjoy, there was the eight man, the Tenkozi and 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 Taguchi and Yoshido and all that sort of stuff, and then the LIJ Suzuki gun. Everything else I loved. I mean, everything else I really liked, and it all had even like the six minute you know junior tag match I, I really enjoyed so yeah and like you said that even the young lions were punky 3k uh really stood out too so yeah just a really good top to bottom show uh from new yeah. japan yeah everything was really quick it's a real breezy watch so uh if you haven't checked it out check it out yeah absolutely and now we'll move on to another uh, new japan show uh coming up this sunday believe it or not you might not have known join the club Fighting Spirit Unleashed. New Japan is invading America this Sunday. Remember when that used to be a special thing? And now it's just like, ah, god damn it. It's like Long Beach again. Like, ah, this New Japan Fighting Spirit Unleashed Sunday. It's going to air live on New Japan World and on tape delay uh, for Access TV. I don't know how Access TV wasn't able to get the... I guess there might be some, like... I, I was trying to make some dumb rock joke. I didn't, I didn't forget the, the fucking dumb rockers they bring out there on like the the commercial breaks. Like Eddie, like it's not even Eddie Vedder. It's like lower than nope, Eddie. Uh, yeah, Peter Frampton's talk show <laughs> right. season premiere. It's like who's oh, the asshole right. with the beard that they always show? There's a guy who's got like he looks like a Guy Fieri like ripoff. <laughs> who is that guy? Uh, I, no I don't know who I'm talking about. The only uh, that's the only access I see is commercials during New Japan. <laughs> yeah, me too. So that's what I'm. Tra- who is this guy? Hold on one sec. I gotta mm-hmm. look at the schedule. They're, they only have like four shows, so it's like that's true. Is that really? Maybe nothing but trailers. The one where they just show uh, trailers. Mm-hmm. That one. That one's on. Ah, Rock Legends. Okay, that Rock Legends is the name of the show. But who the hell hosts Rock Legends? The guy looks like oh, I could be wrong. Maybe it doesn't look like uh, they have Dan. They wheel out Dan Rather there too. Sammy Hagar. I don't know why I thought he looked like <laughs> Sammy Hagar. Does not look like. 
Guy Fieri. Well, eh. well yeah, he looks like uh, Guy Fieri's like drunk uncle. So that kind of. <laughs> How sad is that thought? Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, but he looks really haggard. But uh, well, yeah. So here, here's the lineup uh, that can't be preempted for this show. Uh, the big interview with Dan Rather, uh, <laughs> Na- like reruns of Nashville. I assume that's not first run Nashville. Uh, something called Real Money. I don't know who is in Real Money, but Eddie Money maybe that's a show. Eddie Money is in Real Money. There you go. There, there. So you, you, you know, you know a little bit more about uh, the old actor. I just remember know. seeing him. I'm like, oh, is this is this a real thing? <laughs> oh, I guess uh, it is. Okay, we're going with Rock this. and Roll Road Trip with Sammy Hager, uh, the Ronnie Ooh. Wood Show, uh, old <laughs> episodes of the X Factor UK, and then the Trunk Fest with Eddie Trunk. <laughs> is that Ed Trunk from like uh? Oh, that was that truck from the office. I don't know who. No, he's a he's like a radio host. About he does a lot of metal. He's like that metal show or something like that on VH. Ah, So bounce a modicum of respect for Eddie Trunk. So what the hell is okay? I got to see what's airing on Sunday that just could not be preempted. How do they not get the show? Like, is that what kind of one of the things that that should be on there? Mm, Maybe they hear Jr's commentary. That's true. You know what? You're not wrong. Uh, What is the okay? So it is the premiere of the X Factor UK Six Chair Challenge One. So I get it. I get it. Followed by the fray. Uh the fray packs uh an emotional so the fray, the band the fray. Remember them from uh, One Tree Hill Days? Uh yeah, they're they're back. Uh the fray packs a punch with an emotional filled performance featuring songs from How to Save a Life, of course. <laughs> Are they gonna and, play that one? Huh? Yeah, believe it or not, they're gonna play How to Save a Life. Uh singer Isaac Slade leads an expressive set, always connecting with the audience as he belts out hits, including Never Say Never, How to Save a Life. Again, they're playing How to Save a Life, in case you didn't know. Uh, you Found Me and Cable Car. So that's, uh. And then that's followed by Rock Legends' Billy Joel. So that, uh, that is what's going on Sunday on Access TV. And uh, that's why they are not airing Fighting Spirit, Fighting Spirit Unleashed. But that's fine. You have New Japan World, so you can watch Fighting Spirit Unleashed. So let's talk about this card. Uh, overall thoughts before we kind of go match by match. What's your buzz level of Fighting Spirit Unleashed? How excited are you? Are you watching it live? What's kind of your traction on, on Funny Spirit Unleashed? Um, I would not fly across the country for this show, but if it was nearby and not, you know, like in California yet again, I would go. I would go see the show. I think there's some there's some good stuff on here. It's not, you know, it's probably not going to push a ton of tickets at this point, but uh, I think it will be an enjoyable card. I'll actually be at a wrestling show <laughs> during this show, so uh, I will not be watching live, but we'll be watching at a later date. Where where do you you know what 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 are your thoughts basically on because it looks like tickets are not going great like we'll we'll see when the day comes we'll see if there's walk ups and stuff like that what do you make of that is that too many New Japan shows is it not a good enough card is it too many shows in one location like what what do you think is probably the biggest factor of of you know the buzz being low and and the ticket sales being you know not great from what we can tell from right now I would say too many too many cards in the area just just oversaturation at this point and the fact that they didn't get a card until like when like monday like right after um the destruction show like we didn't know hardly anything we knew a couple matches but not didn't have really a main event laid out until very very late do you think the same card like let's say we don't know the card like let's say we, we exactly what we were before monday before we got the rest of the card it's juice and cody and, and and a few of these matches that we kind of know about but not that much do you think if this is like you said somewhere on the east coast somewhere in new york or or, or new jersey or or somewhere different than it's been somewhere that it has not been with this long beach and not on the west coast do you think it maybe does better ticket wise because it's still the novelty of new japan coming to the area or do you really think that the saturation of all in of having two other shows of the ceo show of, of basically any ring of honor show you're going to see new japan guys do you think that plays a bigger part or do you think the location plays a part because i i think they i, I don't want to 
attribute it all to the location, but I think it definitely hurts that it's just like in Long Beach again. It's just like, ah, forget it. Like it just kind of feels like another stop on their tour of occasionally jumping into Long Beach is, is kind of how I feel of it. Where, where, where do you stand on that? Yeah, I think if it ran in like the New Yorkish area, I don't think you would get fly-ins at this point. I think All In was everyone's kind of destination for for this portion of the year. But I think it would do better. I think it would have a bit more buzz just because it, it, you know it's it's a new area and you know different fans would kind of get to see it instead of you know just being in California again. It's just kind of like uh, kind of the same old same old feeling. Yeah, I get, I get the same thing too, and 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 I don't know if you saw the quotes from uh, Okada and Tanahashi, but they had interviews uh, on the New Japan website, and we're pretty frank about these shows about how they don't think that these are authentic, you know, New Japan here. They feel like these are very Americanized New Japan, and and that they don't think that that's a good idea. And and you know, I don't know the exact quotes in front of me, but I'm kind of paraphrasing here. But they all kind of say, I mean, Okada says that you no, know, I'd like to face Tanahashi or Omega in America, and and Tanahashi ba- basically saying, you know, these don't feel authentic. Do you kind of agree with him on that? Because that's kind of what I've always thought with this Fighting Spirit Unleashed show when, when they initially released it and, and all stuff. And, and that's how I've always thought of these shows. Like to me, the best idea would make these shows feel authentic, make them feel like real New Japan shows. And I think they do a good job in the aesthetics of making it feel like a New Japan show. But little by little, we've seen the booking feel very much not, you know, very, very much like this is a card that's made for American audiences versus this is another show that we're presenting and just on our schedule that happens to be in America. Do, do you kind of, did you, a, I, I guess I'll start first. Did you see their quotes and, and, and what do you think about uh, what, what they had to say? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like I would kind of, I would kind of want a full new Japan experience. I'd want to see like a young lions match at the bottom. I want to see guys like, like Hanma and Makabe who don't really, who don't make the trips over here for whatever reason. I kind of want that, that full thing. You know, we have the addiction on here. We have Jeff Cobb and Chris Sabin and, you know, they've done some work for New Japan, but not a lot. You know, that's just kind of makes it feel like an American indie card and not not new, actual New Japan. Yeah, and in some ways, to me, what always – some of the issues with these, and they, they were pretty good about the first few shows that they did, and, you know, but Strong Style Evolved was, I think, the first one where it just didn't – it kind of felt like a New Japan ROH show. This, like, this honestly doesn't feel all that much different than, like, some show that you get WrestleMania weekend for, for Ring of Honor New Japan. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a very similar card – at msg you know this this coming you know april and and that kind of hurts me a little bit like you said because it feels very roh it feels a very american indie and it, and it feels like even the matches that they were promoting were you know cons- you know sort of packaged for hey american fan juice robinson versus cody hey you know those guys will osprey versus marty scroll oh the young bucks versus the grill of destiny and it's like no give us like i don't care i like you said i don't care if there's a young lions match i don't care if it's Taguchi and 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 somebody, I don't care if Makabe. I want I want that. I want that exact experience. I want to feel like I'm just going to a New Japan proper show that happens to be in America. And and this card in particular just doesn't feel that way. Especially the featured matches. I mean, we're going to talk about the final or the top four matches. And and other than one, which I guess you know does feel kind of Jap, you know, kind of like New Japan proper, but still in some ways doesn't but a lot of it doesn't especially with juice and cody on top and and osprey and scroll and 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 bucks and gorillas those being the matches that they did announce and did promote ahead of time those being the ones just felt very flat to me it was just like no that's that's not what people want and and i i think this they're 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 sort of showing it with their dollars too with their tickets if it wasn't authentically new japan show if it was an okada tanahashi or an okada versus omega or something like that some big time match that felt unique and felt special i have no doubt that the tickets would fly but people treated this the way they wanted it to be treated like no that i this is not that much that not that interesting to me i could see the same card you know on a monthly basis in ring of honor for the most part but uh yeah i i, I don't know uh, overall what's kind of your thoughts on the card because i think when it came out people then got a little 
more positive about it because there are some pretty fun matches up and down. But overall, where do you kind of stand on the card? Maybe on a, on a, on a zero to five scale of uh, you know excitement level. Uh, I'd be at about eh, maybe a three and a half, so maybe like a seven out of ten because I think there is good good wrestling here. I don't think that's going to be anything terribly earth shattering. You know, uh, you know maybe one title change. It doesn't seem like a a vital big New Japan card like the biggest ones do. It really doesn't. And I think looking at the amount of tag matches in, in there too, it does kind of hurt. So let's let's kind of go over the card here real quick. Uh we don't have to give like extensive previews because it's not like, you know, yeah, it's kind of non-canon, you know what it is, but it's kind of feels like it doesn't matter. Like you said, it, it really, really doesn't feel like it matters at all. It's just a show that they're doing in America uh this Sunday. But you got Taguchi Japan, just Thunder Liger, Taguchi and ACH versus Rapongi 3K, Rocky Romero, Show and Yo. Uh ACH coming back. He uh last I think he was there with what last junior tag league or he was he wasn't the best of the super juniors this year. Was he? I don't remember now if he was or not. Uh, who's ACH? Uh, yeah, no. I don't know. So, Where was he? It's been about a year, I think, for I him. Yeah. I'm blanking on if uh, the best of Super Juniors might have been like a, like fucking seven years ago at this point. I don't remember at at all. I think he, I think um, he was. Well, uh, have the producer confirm. He that. was absolutely he was absolutely best of the Super Juniors. He went yeah. three and four. Sorry. So this is return after the best of Super Juniors, but uh, cool to see him back. And I imagine he is going to come and do the Junior Tag League as well. But uh, yeah, you got Taguchi Japan, Rapungi 3K. You have The Addiction, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian versus The Bullet Club Elites, Hangman Page and Chase Owens, which, again, that's one of the first ones. Like, I like Christopher Daniels, I like Kazarian, but I don't, yeah, you know, I don't, yeah. don't want to see them on a New Japan show. Like, I know no. they've done New Japan before. I know they have, but it's just, just seeing them makes it feel like a Ring of Honor show, and that, yeah. to me, is not good. And the next match does not help either because you got Jeff Cobb, Chris Saban, and Flip Gordon uh, versus Roki Goto, Beretta, and Chucky e. T. I mean, again, Beretta, Chucky e. T., Cobb, Saban, Gordon, like that's Ring of Honor, you know, <laughs> and, and yep. there's Hiroki Goto too, who has nothing to do. Hiroki Goto just absolutely nothing to do. So, hey, go with Brett and Shaka T. Maybe they'll give him a hug because Goto, I think, needs a hug. So, <laughs> hopefully, he'll get a hug too in this match and then we'll hopefully uh, make him feel better. Joe, you're in luck. LIJ, Suzuki Gun, Naito, Sonata, and Evil versus Dex Saber Jr., Lance Archer, and David Boy Smith Jr. I know you're just frothing at the mouth to talk about LIJ, Suzuki Gun. So, the floor is yours, sir. Yeah. You know, I'm saying I want an authentic New Japan experience, and then this is the <laughs> you don't, portion yeah. they give me. And maybe, you know, maybe I think I'll walk that back a little bit. Yeah, yeah just another. Where's Bully Ray when you need him? Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Nobody listen to me, Harold. Don't listen. No. <laughs> NewJapanMecca.com says no Bully Ray, please. But uh, he's probably gonna throw a flip gore into a fucking table or something like that. Who the hell knows? Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kushida versus uh, Jay White and Gato. So it's the first matchup of Jay White and Gato coming together. Big reason why they would probably not announce the card ahead of time. But uh, Jay White and Gato, Tanahashi, uh, Kushida. Where do you make of of that match? Are you kind of disappointed there's not an Okada, Jay White, Gato matchup? Or do you think it's better to kind of hold that off for for a bigger moment? Yeah, I guess hold it off, even though we're kind (laughs) of complaining this card doesn't have anything terribly vital to it. But... It does feel like that needs a little more time. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to throw the towel in, you might as well just fucking throw the towel in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't give us, like, one good, you know, or one decent thing, and then the rest suck. Just, you know, just have it be nothing. So it'll be fun to see the the, the combination of Jay White and Gato. And then, of course, maybe we'll have uh, a little bit more of an idea of what's going to happen next with this chaos, instability, and all that sort of stuff. So I'll see how that goes. Uh, junior Heavyweight Championship Tournament Semifinal. Will Ospreay versus Marty Scroll. Uh, Joe, I'll ask you, uh, who is your prediction coming out of here? So the the winner of this will, of course, face Kushida at King of Pro Wrestling for the vacant uh, Junior Heavyweight Championship. Do you have Osprey or do you have Scroll winning and moving on? It could go either way, but I have Osprey in this because I think you want that big. You know, Osprey and Kushida have had tremendous matches together. I think if you have a chance to have make that matchup, you make it. And you know, while Scroll would 
you know, if Girl Kushida would probably be pretty good, I think you would want to go for the superior match in this regard. Yeah, I think Osprey and, and, and Kushida is probably the best uh, bet there. Um, I, I, I want that match a little bit more. I think that's going to deliver on a big level, and that could, you know, we don't know the King of Pro Wrestling card, but that that could feasibly be a semi-main event and and, and work pretty well. I, not to say Scroll couldn't, but I think that Osprey Kushida carries a little bit more weight uh, than a Marty could. So yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm definitely uh, uh, in agreement there. Uh, tag championship match here: the Young Bucks, the champions, defending against the Gorillas of Destiny. Third from the top here: Bucks, Gorillas of Destiny. Yeah, <laughs> like, mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, <laughs> moving on. Good for good preview there. We got a, a preview, written preview at uh, voicewrestling.com, by the way, which I think they use more words to describe this match, but I'm not certain. It might be a very similar amount of words. Uh, IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match. You have Juice Robinson, the champion, defending it against Cody. So Cody, uh, does he pick up another title here, or does Juice retain the U.S. Heavyweight Championship? What are your thoughts? I, it's it's tough because Juice had that kind of you know. Fairly disappointing G1, not in terms of matches, but in terms of uh, of winning. And, uh, you know, to lose the belt this quickly, it would seem kind of a waste. And with Cody being the NWA champion and all that, I don't know if they want him tied up or I don't know if the NWA wants him losing in this main profile. But I'll say Juice holds on to it for now. Yeah, this, is, this is a really weird one because of, like you said, the, the idea that, you know, uh, NWA is going to be there and they're going to be filming and the 10 pounds of gold, I'm sure, will be there. And he's carrying out that title. And does it kind of not – I mean <sighs> – the optics are going to be a little bit weird if this guy is like the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion and it's all this big deal, and then he just you know loses a match for the United States Championship. So I imagine there's some shenanigans in here that probably leads to Juice retaining. Like I, I don't know if it's you know the Girls of Destiny coming out and beating up Cody or, or, or something like that. I hate that I just booked that, and that's probably what's going to happen. But <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like the you can't just have like I a I don't want Cody, I don't think Cody needs to win this title because then it's just like another title that he has, so it kind of demeans the United States Champion. Uh, in the championship, but then also he can't just lose to Juice because then it kind of means the world's heavyweight championship. And there's and that's what I mentioned when when Cody won that at all in. I was like, well, now this is weird because like Cody gets in these big spots. Cody is in these situations where you know sometimes it's probably better if he does lose and he doesn't need to win this title and then move on. But like he kind of has to protect that title and he's got to protect himself. So I don't know. I have no idea what the result of this is going to be. I can't imagine Cody wins because it seems kind of like he doesn't need that title at all and juice can really benefit by having that title but the optics of you know the I, it, it someone's going to interfere right god damn it. Why uh, did this one i would i would pencil that in Ugh, god damn it all right well <laughs> then we got a tag match i'm really excited for this match this match should fucking rule uh chaos uh team of okada and tomorrow ishii versus the golden lovers kenny omega and kotobushi provided they get enough time this match should be pretty fucking great so yeah this does feel like something you'd see headline a cork and or something like that. So that I mean, you know, this is a good main event that could be excellent. You know, if, if everything falls right, and who knows, maybe maybe she will turn on uh, Okada. So. I don't. Oh, you, you keep saying it, and it makes me sad. But you know, it'd be pretty cool. I like. I honestly, Ishi turning heel, even though he's such a great face, and people rally behind him so much, it'd be really fun to see him sort of turn and and, and just see, just kind of see a new story out of Ishi. Maybe a new aggression and 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 whatever. Yeah, maybe he maybe he's a new Lij member. We see him with like you know eyeliner and <laughs> painted nails. And stuff. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, I think. It's honestly a pretty good story if you want to really tell this broken Okada story. If like Okada has nothing going for him, like even his best friends are turning on him, like his stables in shambles. He can't. He's not going to the Tokyo Dome. He's not the champion anymore. Like that would be. I mean, it would be yet another level. But yeah, I don't know. Given the match before it, 
and I kind of assuming there's going to be some sort of fuck finish in that one. It'd be kind of crappy to get a fuck finish in this one too. But I guess if you really yeah. want to say, you know, hey, we don't care about these American shows <laughs> at all anymore. That might be a good way to do it is have, you know, Young Bucks, Girls of Destiny, a fuck finish with the Girls of Destiny, and then some, you know, turn. But no, I mean, that'll be a hot angle. And the match itself should be awesome one way or another. So yeah, it'd be a pretty cool thing to see uh, uh, how that goes. But uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty interesting there and a uh, pretty fun main event. But uh, that's Fighting Spirit Unleashed. So um, yeah. We'll see how that goes. It's uh, Jim Ross and Kevin Kelly doing commentary, correct? So they've got yes. somebody to wrangle <laughs> Ross in for at least mm. a little bit. So that'll be. Uh, I don't think Kevin Kelly's going to hop in the ring and try to beat up Jay White. <laughs> that so. we know of. That we know of. No. We don't know. So. <laughs> did Kevin, I'm trying to remember any sort of physical. He just got stunned once or twice, but I think that's about all he did. Well, Rock Azuka did. just uh, <laughs> choked him out. Oh, that's so. true. Yeah, he looked like he a might be old gun shy. That's true. Yeah, you should be careful with the uh, the old iron fist there. But uh, yeah, so that's Funny Spirit Unleashed. We have a preview up on the website right now. Voice <laughs> Wrestling. Iron Fingers, Rich. Come on. Yeah, iron Fingers. What did I say? I, iron Fist. That's trying to get sued. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. Uh, so that's Funny Spirit Unleashed. That's Sunday. Uh, we'll have, as I said, a preview up on Voice Wrestling.com and a review as well on the website, Voice Wrestling.com. But uh, all right, let's. While we're running through these shows here, let's go. We're on a we're on a roll here with these previews, and then we'll get to Ooh. some uh, some of the discussions here. Death before dishonor, Joe, September twenty eighth. We're recording this on a Thursday. This is going to air Friday night from Las Vegas's Orleans Arena. It's Death Before Dishonor. What is your interest level, Joe, on Death Before Dishonor? Uh, I mean, looking at the card, it's like a six. But I also have the knowledge that Ring of Honor pay per views are always pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't think of the last one that was like a bad watch. I mean, they all tend to be rushed at the end, and and you know, you look at this card on paper, maybe it doesn't look that good, but you know, it makes a bit more sense watching the the weekly television and things like that. I know, you know, you look at Chris Saban and Punishment Martinez, you're like, where the hell did that come from? But you know, Chris Saban won a match to win the contendership, and he had Alex Shelley cut a promo because he's not wrestling anymore, saying he wants Chris Saban to win this, and then so there's you know, there's a bit of a nice dynamic there, but uh, yeah, I think it'll be pretty good, and I think the main event should be. Uh, should should be excellent if the the chips fall. Yeah, it's yet another one of these like the thing with the Ring of Honor we talk about all the time, Joe and I, is they're just like boringly consistently fine. You know what I mean? Like the TV yeah. is fine. Like it makes sense. It's structured. Like Chris Saban deserves a title shot, even if it's like the not the greatest matchup in the world. And you're kind of like, what the hell? And like Kenny King versus Liger is kind of thrown together. But I mean, again, they do a decent enough job of like actually developing these and building these stories. They're just not that intriguing of stories, but they're like very, you know, they're, they're well booked. Like they make sense of why they're booked. They're just not, they're not going to like get you excited for them. They're, they're that weird sort of in between that, that ring of honor is kind of going through. Yeah. Like the, the, the Kenny King storyline is he's, you know, gradually turning heel so they put him against Liger to because everyone loves Liger and they'll hopefully get some kind of reaction out of Kenny King which isn't always the case yeah the lone one that they don't have any goddamn story whatsoever for is the uh, ROH World Championship match which you know I and, and people get really upset about this but honestly this kind of harkens back to the old Ring of Honor days where sometimes guys would just get t- you know what I mean you're like you just show up to the show and you're like oh shit David Richards gets a title shot all right cool whatever like who cares you know it, it 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 yeah obviously the rest of the company is pretty good at structuring titles and structuring matches and that sort of stuff but Jay Lethal you know, doesn't open challenge. Will Ospreay, who isn't even in Ring of Honor, says, "Yeah, I'll, I'll go for the open challenge." And it's kind of <laughs> it's it. like, like you know, like Jay Lethal. You know, he's out in the ring. He's like, "I issue an open challenge." And then immediately we see a video playing <laughs> from somewhere. I'm like, "Well, I don't think Will Ospreay's in the back because he wasn't on these shows. I don't think he's in Japan because it'd be like you know, eight in the morning <laughs> where he is." Uh, 
I don't know. Did he have a video pre-made and told the guy, "Hey, open yeah. challenge"? Hey, if there's an open challenge, hey, I got this video. Yeah, hey, I don't know. Who's play. Gonna, I don't know if, if so. Jay Lethal does an open challenge. I want you to play this video, or you know, well, maybe we don't give Will Ospreay enough credit for being a, a you know, like a real like a hacker or so, I don't know what the fuck I'm even trying to say. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of weird <laughs> that you were, I don't like, know about he, that. Like tap into the satellite feed. Like how the fuck did? Yeah, it's it's you know. Well, I don't know he where was he was young standing. Snappers, so. In his gear, so maybe he wears it <laughs> he all the time. I don't know. I would, I would probably, I would, I, yeah, I can see Will Ospreay just like walking around his gear, like you know, going to the yeah, gym, I mean, it's working out in his gear. Yeah. I mean, they clearly said, like, oh, Will Ospreay's in town two days later, we'll snag him for our pay per view main event. I mean, I think it'll be great. They actually had a TV match earlier this year that was actually pretty good, so I have no doubt about that. I think it's kind of, you know, I don't know who else you would kind of put in this spot. Yeah, Ring of Honor has, you know, they have Jay Lethal. You know, Jay Briscoe's kind of in his tag team. I know Cody's kind of, you know, NWA champion. That's a little, might be problematic. And beyond that, you know, Dalton Castle, I think it's hurt. So. I don't have any damn depth. I mean, we talked about it a lot. Yeah. They have like 15 guys on the roster, and like three of them are main eventers. So it's, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. you do four pay-per-views a year. It is a little, I mean, alarming that you have to kind of pull outside like this. I mean, I think it's a good move. I think they're finally using Will Ospreay in a good way instead of having <laughs> yeah, two years after they had him. But two openers yeah. against Matt Taven, yeah. So that's good, but I think it is, you know, it's a little distressing in that regard. Uh, yeah, so let's let's run down the card here. Um, this match, I know you cannot wait for tables match, tag team tables match, Joe. I know you love tag team tables matches. Flip Gordon and Cole Cabana versus Bully Ray and Silas Young again. Well built, it makes sense. I just never want to fucking see Bully Ray ever again. And well. It- God, I, I don't even know about that because I mean, well, I'm sure you don't want to see Bully Ray, but in terms of being uh, well, Bill, because he and Silas had a tag match and Bully Ray walked out on him, and then the <laughs> well, next week, like Silas made the save for him, and then they teamed up again. So I'm like, that doesn't seem quite in line with Silas being like, oh well, you know, hanging out with the uh, the bouncers isn't really doing it for me. So I'll hang yeah, out with Bully Ray. I guess, uh, yeah, Maybe I guess it's just because he's like so. a man and Flip Gordon's not a man. He's a sissy boy because he gels his hair or something. I don't know what that. Yeah, who fucking cares? He may. Just, please throw Bully Ray through a table and please just <laughs> drag him under the ring and just never let him come out again. Why? What have we done to deserve this Bully Ray ROH run? I, I'll never know. But uh, uh, the, uh, the aforementioned Jay Lethal defending the ROH World Championship against Will Ospreay should be a really awesome match. A hundred percent mortal lock that Jay Lethal wins this, uh, unless Ring of yeah. has completely lost their mind, and <laughs> maybe we'll see. But no, Jay Lethal's definitely winning this. So just kind of a a match that's like, hey, these guys are going to have a good match. You know, kind of an in between title shot. I don't hate it that much. I know a lot of people dislike it a lot because, yeah, it's thrown together and it was kind of weird. But I like it. You know, it's fine. You know, I mean, you do champion. four pay per views a year. <laughs> you think you'd have a little bit more of a point? Well, you should. You absolutely should. But uh, yeah, that's unfortunately where we're at with Ring of Honor. But yeah, you're absolutely correct. I mean, who? If it's not Dalton, like, because honestly, you look at Ring of Honor stars. Like you said, it's Cody. It's the Bucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kenny King. Like, yeah, that's oh, it. Like, God, that's no. really, I mean, like, yeah, like Jay Briscoe. I mean, Mark Briscoe. But like. You got nobody else. You have if Castle's out. Like the idea that Dalton Castle gets injured, and they're like, "Well, we we just simply don't have anybody else to go for the title." Mm. Like you just don't. I mean, you, you you don't. It's 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 pretty remarkable what they've uh, talent mm. roster. But uh, there's a future of honor going on right now, right? With uh, some hot and heavy young prospects. So maybe there's <laughs> a there's a top prospect tournament. But the gimmick is that they're all terrible, and Jeff Hyde <laughs> comes out and beats them up. <laughs> 
So he just comes out and trashes them. Says I'm the real top prospect. Yeah, so, which uh, he's not wrong, but like they need like ten of them. So maybe don't beat them all up. But they're all fucking geeks. Well, so I was gonna, uh, after the last one produced, Josh the Goods Woods is the winner. Maybe they just start <laughs> to can the concept. The MMA Kingpin. man. They got the kingpin out of that one too, didn't they? That's true. So I mean, they used to get like really great guys out of this. Like the winner, you'd have like you know Leo Rush and Donovan Dijak and Matt Taven and Adam Cole and people you've heard of. You know, you know these names. I mean, they all left Ring of Honor, but <laughs> they left it the first chance they got. But yeah, you know, there used to be people. that we uh, we went over this uh, a few, uh, I think, last year at this exact same time. The list of winners of the ROH Top Prospect Tournament. So here's here's where things kind of go on a little. So 2011, you have Mike Bennett. 2013, you have Matt Taven. 2014, Hanson. 2015, Donovan Dijak. 2016, Leo Rush. 2017, Josh Woods. Now it's even worse when you look at the names that were in these tournaments. 2011, so this is the first Top Prospect Tournament. Kyle O'Reilly. Jonathan Gresham, Michael Elgin, Bobby Dempsey, eh, you know, <laughs> at his moments, huh. you know, Mike Bennett, Adam Cole, and then the greatest two that to emerge from here, Andy Rightleg Ridge and Grizzly Redwood. So, um, <laughs> brimming with prospects. You laugh, but Andy Ridge and Grizzly Redwood were fucking awesome. So, that's, you know, I'm not going to see anything about that. But uh, 2013, multiple time uh, top prospects participant, Tadarius Thomas, uh, Antonio Thomas, who hosts a uh, great show on the uh, F4W. I've never listened to it. I don't know. It's probably terrible. But uh, do you ever listen to the uh, Left My Wall in El Segundo? By... <laughs> that's him, right? That does that? Uh, that's Greg Polanco. And yes, uh, you are correct there. I mean, <laughs> like, um, it's like, hmm, Alan Cunahan left our network with his show covering all facets of wrestling. How do we replace this? It's like, oh, I'll call my friend who talks about sports with wrestlers. That'll fill the gap. So. <laughs> That'll really work, yeah. Uh, QT Marshall and Mike Seidel, Silas Young, Adam Page, Matt Taven, <laughs> and ACH. So, I mean, of those, yeah, Tadarius, Antonio, QT, Mike, yeah. But the bottom half, Silas, Adam Page, Taven, ACH, I mean, all guys that, that eventually emerged and, and did some stuff. Uh, 2014, uh, Ray Rowe, Congo, Corey Hollis, Mike Posey. I don't know who I forget who Mike Posey was. Uh, He's Andrew a ref. Oh, that's right, right, right. Andrew Evitt. Uh, the romantic touch, which is always kind of bullshit because he had been there for like <laughs> fucking a decade prior. But that, uh, not to unmask him, but that is Rhett Titus, by the way, people. So it kind of oh, sucks. I mean, he was like a world champion, or he was like a tag champion in 2006, and then like eight years later, he's in the top prospects. Like, what are we doing? Come yeah, on, get out of here. Now he's in the dogs. Yeah, well, Wolf Wolf Lidara. Lidara. <laughs> yeah, that was. I had to see one of my. We were at an ROH show. Uh, you know, one of my buddies, and they turned to me and they're like, "Who the fuck are the dogs?" And I was like, "Dude, I don't even like. Like, how do you explain the dogs? Like, uh, oh, it's Red Titus and Will Ferrell. What's their gimmick? Like, um, uh, they kind of hate each other and they bark. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 dogs. D A W G. Yes, the dogs. Uh, the uh, 2014 tournament also had Hanson and Cheeseburger. So that's that. Uh, things started kind of getting off the rails in 2015, but there were still some good ones. Uh, from this, you know, Donovan Dijak, Jake Dearden, Ashley Six, Dalton Castle. So you get Dalton Castle out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the always the aforementioned Will Ferreira. And then who can forget Jay Diesel, Joey Dediego. So I mean, <laughs> just brought me with talent there. Beer City Bruiser and Mikey Webb. Unfortunately, they grabbed a lot of guys from that tournament. Maybe they shouldn't Uh-oh. have because some of them are bad. And then um, 2016, Leo Rush, Jason Kincaid, Punishment Martinez, Colby Carino. No, <laughs> you know. Well, three of them are all right, but yeah, everybody left as soon as they could, except for uh, mm. punishment. And then the uh, bottom half of the uh, tournament got a little off the rails. Action Ortiz, Leo St. Giovanni, Brian Fury, and Shaheem Ali. How uh, were your guys? Oh, uh, they got a lot of guys from there, too, because Ali and uh, yeah. St. Giovanni are the uh, epic tag team coast to coast. 
<clears throat> and then um 2017 i do you have a uh, a trash bag anywhere near you oh, uh, the, i remember watching this you have a cup or disastrous. something you can puke into okay you got john <laughs> schuyler sean carr kurt stallion i forgot kurt stallion was in this and He's actually the best person in this entire tournament. Mm. Chris Stallion, far and away the best guy in this entire fucking uh, top prospect tournament. Uh, Preston Quinn, uh, Brian Milanis. The, uh, Preston King Quinn. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was reading about him like 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, Preston Quinn was like 39 years old. And yeah, he wrestled in the Northeast. You saw him when you were like 20, like wrestling. Yeah, probably. He was, he was probably already like a kind of a grizzly veteran at that point. Uh, Raphael King, Josh Woods, and then Chris LaRusso. Was your top prospect mm. tournament there in 2017? Yeah, and nobody's updated the 2018 top prospect tournament listing because they don't care, and Jeff Cobb just beats them all. So they have the Kickmaster in there. Yeah, they, believe it or not, they do not. So that's uh, that's well. that's where we've got, and that might be why Will Osprey has to be in this ROH World Championship match. But anyway, we'll move on here for the Winner of Honor Championship. Uh, Sumi Sakai defending her title against Neil Dashwood. I would put it as almost a mortal lie that Neil gets the win here and finally wins the championship after trying for quite a few months. I really hope so. I'm pretty tired of seeing Sumi Sakai TV matches. Like, God bless. Like, I think she has the most tenure outside of Jay Briscoe, but still. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but still, can we please get to Neil Dash with this title? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. All right. Uh, Kenny King versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Just a match of two people. <laughs> so yeah. We'll move on. Yeah. yeah. It'll be a match. It'll probably be okay. People no, love Liger, so that'll help. Good. And Kenny King is in his hometown, so I'm sure he'll be... They always say that. It's like, they, they wrestle in Vegas, like, all the fucking time. Like, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> It'd be like, like, Bruno San Martino is back in his hometown. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he always is. They wrestle in it's like, you know, eight big cities they go to. So Yeah, it's, right. <laughs> it's not like, oh, my God, I'm finally back home. Like, it's a... You're in <laughs> finally. Yeah, two of your pay-per-views are in Vegas every single year. Like, uh, yeah, uh, Punishment Martinez defending his World Television Championship against Chris Saban, as you said, a uh, weird matchup, but a already you know kind of semi well built story here. But uh, what are you th- what are your thoughts on this? Do you think Punishment retains, or do you think Chris Saban gets the <laughs> well, hot win here and does it for his partner Alex Shelley? Well, I swear, last week they said uh, you know next week on ROH TV, Aaron Solo, who won the Dojo Pro or whatever, will face the winner from the pay per view. And I'm like, that match has already been taped. And in fact, it's on my DVR right now. So <laughs> spoiler alert, I'm pretty sure Punishment Martinez is going to get the win there. Well, thanks a lot. Now I have no reason. To look up <laughs> and I have honor, no so. cancel your honor club. God damn it. All right. Well, thanks for ruining it all. But uh, I guess, did you give enough forewarning on the spoiler? Ah, nobody fucking cares. All right. No. Uh, ROH World Tag Team Championship match. The Briscoes, uh, the champions, defending against the Addiction. A uh, match that I swear I've seen 8 million times, even though maybe it has not happened all that much. But uh, what are your thoughts on Briscoes and the addiction? Yeah, Christopher Daniels was on uh, Wrestling Observer Live and said he this match, I don't, maybe once or twice it's happened, but not not as much as you would think, even though it, a variation happened at all in with the uh, Scorpio Sky in there. And that, that that was a fun enough match, so I'm sure this will be fine. Uh, I guess the Briscoes keep chugging along. Sure, absolutely. I, I'd imagine they uh, win again. Did they tape that too and already show it to you or what? No, uh, I don't think they okay. have been. No, no future matches taped at this point. No, no <laughs> negative title reigns or anything like that. Okay, good. I was, I, I do enjoy that though. That's one of my favorite things about old wrestling is that you know guys, you know, t- cutting promos with their old their belt they hadn't won yet. Oh yeah, was kind of fun. But then, uh, presumably, our main event here: ten man tag, uh, Bullet Club, Cardi, uh, Cody. I don't know, Cardi, Cody, Marty. Scroll. I, I got ahead of myself with the Marty thing. Cody, Marty, Adam Page, and the Bucks versus Okada, Chucky e. T, Beretta, Rocky Romero, and Tomohiro Ishii. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I don't know about a big pay per view match. Feels you know kind of more house showy than that. But hey, I'm sure it'll be good. Maybe something will happen. Maybe it won't. I don't know. All right, so that is uh, Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor. Sean Cedor, a uh, former winner of the five star match game, a, a blow away winner. That was the most amazing episode I've ever seen. That guy was unfucking believable. Yeah, on that show. That was in all. If you never want to listen to that show. And JR is like an encyclopedia for Ring of Honor as well, and he just gets blitzed by Sean. Yeah. It's amazing. That is my favorite five-star match game. Even though you know that Sean's going to win, just how easily he wins is, is nuts. And I know he didn't cheat either. That's the best part about it. Like People are like, oh, he's got no, no. That's like, that dude just has a weird encyclopedia. Like, like Garrett Kinney to TNA, Sean Cedor is to Ring of Honor. So yeah, that was uh, an impressive episode of uh, the five-star match game. But he has our preview up on the site, and then him and Suit Williams will be doing our review uh, on voiceswrestling.com as well. So you can check for that uh, sometime this weekend to talk about Death mm-hmm. Before Dishonor. So uh, one more, uh, or two more, I should say, uh, kind of big shows coming up here. Uh, we don't have to get a ton into this, but the uh, Progress Wembley show is coming up on the 30th, I believe. That'd be the Sunday, correct? By the dates, correct? <laughs> same time as uh, the or same day as the uh, New Japan show. So yeah. Yes. Oh, this was a bit of a problem for them. No, yeah, not great. But uh, yeah, so this is the Progress Wembley show. Uh, some stuff coming up here. Uh, we'll have a preview up on the website as well if people want to read about it. But I'll just quickly go over the card and then uh, you can give me your thoughts uh, overall. Uh, for the Progress Atlas Championship, you got Doug Williams against Trent Seven. You have a Thunder Bastard tag match for the Progress Tag Team Titles. If you, if you don't know about the Thunder Bastard, I'm sure there'll be an explanation or look it up because it is uh, very complicated how it gets it. But you got Bandito and Flamita, the champions. Uh, versus the uh, 198 Flash Morgan Webster, uh, the Wild Boar, Mike Hitchman. Uh, you got Chris Brooks and Timothy Thatcher, David Starr and Jack Sexsmith, James Drake and, and Zach Gibson, uh, Chief Deputy Dunn and Los Federales, Santos Jr., uh, Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis, and Connor Mills versus Maverick uh, May- Mayhew, I think is how you pronounce yes. it. I think it's Mayhew. Uh, read about the rules. I don't even need to try to explain them to you here. They're weird and yeah, it's that's like a Royal Rumble with pinfalls. Like, exactly. It's Royal Rumble pinfalls. That's why there's 15 teams listed. So, And they had this big tag league to determine the order. So you spend like months determining who's going to come out like two minutes before someone else. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's uh, super. It's yeah, it's odd. Uh, Mark Haskins versus Matt Riddle in Matt Riddle's, uh, quote, indie send-off here with the uh, Progress Wembley show. Uh, no DQ singles grudge match. Paul Robinson versus Jimmy Havoc. Uh, Progress Women's Championship triple threat. You got Ginny defending the title against Tony Storm and Millie McKenzie. Uh, TLC match. Eddie Dennis versus Mark Andrews. Pete Dunn versus Ilya Dragnov. And then the Progress World Championship match. Walter defending his title against Tyler Bates. Uh, Joe, where, uh, where you sit with this Progress Wembley card and this entire show? I mean, I, I cut them a little slack. They had their plans. You know, New Japan pulled Will Ospreay, who's going to have a match with uh, Jimmy Havoc. And, you know, they had they had that match on the last Progress show. It was just a crazy spectacle. I can only imagine something like that in front of a sizable Wembley crowd. And you would have had uh, Zack Sabre against Walter in the main event. So they kind of had to, you know, rush. They did this kind of series thing. So, I mean, I think this uh, it'll certainly be a good show. I think, you know, it doesn't really feel all that special. You know, like we've heard about this Wembley show for like a year. Yeah, this is not like something like last month. Like, hey, we're running Wembley. It's like we've heard about this. I don't know if the card really lives up to that. And I'm wondering, you know, couldn't WWE spare Finn Balor for the show? Someone who has history with the promotion and could help the show out. Like he really has to have a house show match against, you know, Baron Corbin. (laughs) That's so vital. He can't skip that. You know, why not send Cassius Ono over and and help out? Cause he was just over here. You know, stuff like that would make it feel, I know it's Matt Riddle's last match, but he's been a regular for progress. He's held 
titles there. It doesn't feel, you know, all that out of the ordinary that he's there at this point. Yeah, I'm right with you. It doesn't feel all that special. Like, I mean, this is coming up and we said it's like, oh, yeah, it's Sunday or whatever. I mean, this is this was supposed to be a big deal. This was like a crowning achievement. We have achieved the next level of this company. We've moved from the electric ballroom to the Wembley Arena and we're doing all this sort of stuff. And it just it it's fine. Like, it's a decent card. I, I don't recall what the tickets are, are, are really doing. I don't know if they're they're going pretty well, but I mean, it's fine. It's different, but it feels not anything different than what I saw from progress in Chicago. You know what I mean? Like it's not that much different of a show than they would normally do. It just feels like another one of their big shows. Nothing feels all that important. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Like I'm looking forward to watching it. Cause I mean, Walter Tyler Bates sounds awesome. Pete Dunn versus Dragnoff sounds really great. Uh, the TLC match would be pretty cool as well. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I enjoy on the show. I mean, even though the women's championship match looks awesome as well, a lot of stuff I'm going to enjoy and top to bottom looks like a fun card, but it doesn't, as you said, it doesn't have that oomph that you're kind of thinking, oh, progress in Wembley. Oh, here we go. It's like, here's this next thing. And like you said, I, I do point a finger a little bit at WWE who it's like, come on, man. Like, to, like you're, you're, you're kind of in bed with progress. Everybody knows it. I mean, there's not, there's no pretense there. Just, yeah, let them, let them. Keshi Sono could be there. Yeah, Finn Balor would be awesome. I mean, like, if he was on the show back in progress, like, he has ties to it, so it makes sense. As you said, Keshi Sono would make sense, too. Like, these guys have ties and, and have relationships there, so it would make a lot of sense to bring them back. But, yeah, it's just, you know, they lose Osprey, and, and WWE doesn't fill in the gap there at all when they probably could or, or, or should. But, you know, whatever. I mean, it's it's a fun show, and I'm looking forward to watching it, but it doesn't have that oomph. Like, it does it just feels like a normal progress chapter, whatever it is, 87 or whatever. just feels like another chapter, and, and it'll move on. It just happens to be in a bigger arena, so. Now let's say they draw. I don't. I have no idea what ticket sales are. Let's. You know, I've heard like three to four thousand. Let's say they draw four thousand. I think the arena. You know, I Wikipedia said like holds like twelve thousand. I don't know what the configuration yeah. is for wrestling, but we'll say like they draw a half house. Like, do you, how do you how do you view that? That's does that look to be this kind of all in style triumph? That, you know that it was right right it's it's that weird thing where like if you don't like because we always said with all in like they had to get ten thousand or else people are going to look at them and go like oh geez like it's still a tremendous accomplishment that they get like four thousand people in, in the wembley arena and that's like still kind of cool but yeah it it, it would feel kind of weird too if it's like you know a half empty arena you know even if it is four thousand people so i don't know yeah it's it's ah, the optics are going to be weird i guess it's it because they're going to light it well and it's going to look well but yeah it's it's Oh, man, I don't know. I, I could see that being. I would be disappointed by that, honestly, if I was them. So I'm looking at tickets. It looks like there's not a ton of tickets left if you're trying to buy on the actual Wembley website. So that's good. Yeah, they had I mentioned, tell, I guess, the configuration so. they have. So I don't know if they configured it for. It looks for yes. So they got like a big entranceway, and then I think they configured it in a way where there's not a ton. There's like two big sort of sets of bleachers, but it's not all the way around. Which is interesting. Yeah. Okay, so that, that's interesting. Okay, so maybe, yeah, maybe it will. The optics will look all right. Maybe they, they're going to fill all those seats or whatnot. So yeah, I don't know. It's um because yeah, r- right now looks like you cannot get that many tickets. So strange. Okay, well, whatever. Yeah, come. I mean, coming off all in, it, it can't help but feel a little disappointing, even though you know it's a different country and a lot of different circumstances. But still, it's kind of kind of bad timing to run up against a big show like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, it just doesn't feel, I mean, it's all kind of the same guys. The, the only unique guy in the show is Matt Riddle, but it's like, he, he's not really gone yet. He's, he's quote yeah, unquote I just gone. Saw him at a like, show right, right. Exactly. Like, it's not like he's coming back. It's just like, he's staying. And then after this, he's leaving. Mm. So it's like, yeah, it doesn't, it, nothing feels special about the show, even though there's a lot of real fun stuff in it. And it, it, it again, it'll be a fun show, but that's a, uh, that's progress. Wembley. So of course, uh, voice of wrestling will have previews and reviews of that as well. And I'm sure our friends at the, Brit, uh, the Brit rest round table on this very network. will uh, talk about it as well, but that's, uh, that's progress. And last but not least, before we get to uh, some other topics here, uh, this weekend I'm going to, and, and I 
now now we have to ask what show you're going to. So actually, before I do mine, where are you going on Sunday, sure? Uh, you were going oh, to I'm a wrestling show, you said. Beyond Wrestling uh, show. They're doing kind of a gimmick where... Uh, Beyond? Is, is doing a gimmick? Yeah. <laughs> this this one on. is uh, people who have uh, not been at a Beyond show before. So like a bunch of newcomers. And tickets were half off. And it's like 10 minutes from my house. So That's I'm a like, good yeah, way to book a uh, shitty show. Hey, here's guys. Well. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. That's good that they're half off or whatnot. So. No, the, the guys like names like Marco Stunt are going to be there and things like that. So I'm like, oh, I'll go check him out. Tickets were half price, 10 minutes from my house. So... I, I did not realize it was up against the New Japan show. But, uh, <laughs> That's all right. Live whatever. wrestling is always better than one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, live wrestling, it's always good. That's a hell of a game. I'm going to become a promoter and just be like, hey, I've never booked any of these guys before. It's a whole new show. Like, <laughs> I like that. That's that's ballsy. But uh, yeah, you know, it's, I give it up for Beyond. They always have uh, interesting concepts. But uh, yeah, mm. it sounds, that sounds like a lot of fun. Do you know who else is on that show? I'm trying to look it up right now. Because um, I'm interested in who, who, who you've never seen before. Um, um, Marco Stunt's kind of the... the big name in that regard but i i'll see if i can oh, some of the names i'm just not familiar with which is uh actually fine by me because oh, i remember ooh, you know, oh, this looks like a kind of a fun show actually i, I feel bad I, I apologize now we got ar fox tony deppin that should be a lot of uh a lot of high flying mm. pretty good yes uh, Janella ground his uh ankle to oatmeal yes. so yeah air fox in there now. or his knee is just fucking shot i mean oh he said he like tore everything that's that's gonna be a while for that uh doom patrol versus teddy good and devil's reject uh um, if Bo versus Project Generation versus Sultan versus the Amazing Graysons. Those are not real people. Who are those people? <laughs> uh, John Silver versus Chris Stedlinder. Josh Briggs versus Kurt Stallion. There you go. Josh Briggs, Kurt Stallion, Lufisto. Yeah, Kurt Stallion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You never seen Kurt before? He's he's fine. No, I think he never made his way up here before. So I got Kurt. Uh, Orange Cassidy, Marco Stunt. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay. Well, <laughs> that will certainly be a talk and match to talk about one way or another uh tracy williams travis huckabee uh wheeler yuda and jackson stone so uh that's interesting that's a pretty fun show i like that yeah, I like the name I, please come back that's a pretty fun name for it yeah and i remember you know at beyond pre-show it was the first time i saw mjf and uh, uh wheeler jimmy yuda and they you know really <laughs> jumped out at me and they went on to do good things so we'll see if anyone else uh can do the same yeah, Air Fox Tony Deppin should be fun. I, have you ever seen Deppin yeah. before? Deppin's from that I area. I can't believe he's never worked at Brown Show. Isn't he from like Boston area or like he's he's Massachusetts? I thought. I do not know because he's always like he's does game changer stuff and he's been in Chicago and I've seen him a few times. So it's kind of amazing that he would yeah be there. But uh, yeah, he should be good. He does a lot of high flying and Air Fox will try to kill himself because all Air right. Fox, so that's pretty good. Have you ever seen the Air Fox live? Oh god, yeah, like he's always on Beyond Show. I see him like okay, oh, okay, okay. Beyond well, show. then this is a lie of a show that they have AR5. He's been on shows before now. I get it. Like, well, it's it's usually like one, um, it's one newcomer against one established Beyond stuff because okay. you know, Doom Patrol has been there a bunch, mm-hmm. UIFBO, John Silver. You see these people all the time, so all right, so that's cool. So that's the show you're going to on Sunday, uh, Friday night. I'm going to be at the uh, Gin Linum uh, tournament for AW. I'm doing the night one. I'm not doing night two. Uh, night two is on Saturday afternoon. Uh, I can only go to night one, but it uh, looks like I have a pretty fun lineup, and they have a lot of fun uh, uh, participants in this year's tournament. Uh, so here are the matchups I'm going to see for night one, and I'll be uh, I'll be doing some stuff on the Patreon, patreon.com uh, slash Voices of Wrestling related to the tournament, whether it be a lens or an instant reaction after the show or whatnot. I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do yet. All depends on signal and all that sort of stuff. But uh, here's what I'm seeing night one. Uh, Sammy Callahan versus Moose. Uh, DJ Z versus Ace Romero. Uh, Sammy Guevara versus Trey Miguel. Air Fox versus Myron Reed. Trevor Lee, Rich Swan, Jimmy Jacobs, Darby Allen. My God, someone will die in that match. That's I will see a death 
live uh, in a wrestling show because those two dudes somehow will 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 figure out who can take as many bumps on the apron as humanly possible before their spines compress. Uh, Shane Strickland versus Ray Phoenix, uh, ACH versus MJF. I'm also seeing an uh, AEW tag team titles. You got wrestling, which is David Starr and uh, Eddie Kingston versus Kurt Stallion and Jake something. So we're all seeing Kurt Stallion this weekend. So there you go. So <laughs> all seeing Aaron Fox and all seeing Kurt Stallion. Hopefully they're driving together to save gas. Uh, and then AEW heavyweight championship match, Brody King versus Pentagon Jr. So Brody King, unfortunately, is the AEW heavyweight champion. Uh, <laughs> and Pentagon is facing him. But uh, so that's the tournament there. This, uh, that's all the names that I said. Uh, Trevor Lee, Rich Swan, the winner of that, will face the winner of Sammy Callahan Moose. Uh, Sammy Guevara, Trey Miguel, the winner of that, will face Jimmy Jacobs and Darby Allen. Uh, DJ Z, Ace Romero, that uh, winner will face uh, Strickland Phoenix. Air Fox and Myron Reed, uh, the winner of that will face ACH and MJF. So a lot of fun stuff there. So I'm looking forward to that night one loaded lineup there. Uh, yeah, it'll be pretty fun to, to check out. So um, I'm going to get you to an AEW show one of these days because I think you'd <laughs> greatly enjoy it. Yeah. I don't know. I have a strict like one hour limit. Like if a show is an hour away from my house, I'm like, eh. I'm already so, making the exception so for uh, WrestleMania. 15, 14 hours is not going to uh, not going to uh, yeah. quite work out for you. All right, fine, I guess. They can come to me. Okay. Well, they're going to Austin. All right, come on. They're working their way around. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> Night two, uh, the quarterfinals, semifinals, and the final, and then some other matches as well. So that's the uh, AW Jim uh, Lineham tournament. Uh, it was really good last year. Really good. It's been a great tournament in years prior. Guys really worked their ass off uh, during that tournament. So I expect much of the same. Uh, for this as well, so it'll be pretty fun to check out and see what happens uh, with that. Uh, and then now, Joe, we uh, we got kind of the uh, not the non wrestling portion of the show, but uh, kind of our fun portion. We have uh, questions. Uh, and then before we do that, though, I wanted to talk with you, of course, because you are the one and only Joe Gagne. We have to talk video games, especially pro wrestling video games. Uh, first, I'm talking about Fire Pro. Fire Pro World, uh, of course, came out on PS4 uh, since the last time we talked. Came out about a month or so ago. Uh, I know you played a lot of the Switch game on on, on PC. And we maybe have talked about Fire Pro World before, but uh, overall, what have your thoughts been of this Fire Pro World as they've kind of updated it? Uh, the the you know, creators have made some stuff. There's been game modes added. What, what's kind of your level of interest uh, so far with uh, Fire Pro? Oh, it's been I've been waiting for the New Japan, which uh, has was released last night. The New Japan DLC. If you're if you're on Steam and you have Fire Pro, like I have, uh, that's available for you. You can get that. So I haven't really. You know, if you were going on you know, too long about one topic, I was going to dive in a little, see if I can get, get a little gameplay in while you were bloviating. But, uh, <laughs> that's the, true. That's Lanza. You can always play a game. During that, <laughs> I, I don't, uh, that's why this show is going to be about two hours long because you and I were both. Uh, yeah, we breezed through it. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's just, you know, it's it's Fire Pro. It's the, not terribly different from the when I, you know, the SNES version I emulated like 20 years ago. And it's just kind of amazing that it, you know, made this comeback. I know games, you know, Old games getting remade or updated is all the rage, but it's something I never thought I'd see. And not, you know, seeing an actual official license with it is kind of amazing, especially since, you know, they never had official licenses and guys would just have goofy names, even though they would look the same and uh, have all their moves. You know, they would just have different names and that was somehow okay. But um, no, it's great to have it back. I can't wait to dive in. I watched you play some of the, the New Japan story mode on the uh the patreon special so that got me excited especially your 17 minute young lion match <laughs> yeah i really yeah it's it's a fun mode i mean it's it's apparently like there's people that have gotten like super deep into it and there's a guy that said like yeah i'm in like the g1 of like the second year and it says i'm like 20 percent done i'm like oh my god like what the hell like this mode apparently just goes on forever and just like it is super deep and you have a bunch of matches and a bunch of stuff so that's i'm excited about that i mean i i like the idea that there's always something to give me back because while i love the fire pro games they tend to sometimes 
sometimes if you're not into customizing, you're not into doing some of that stuff, they can kind of lose a little bit where there's not really like, okay, you know, wh- what am I going for? What am I trying to gain with this? I'm, it, yeah, it's a fun game and I love the gameplay and I love the customization. And I love all that. But the inclusion of like a, you know, a real career mode, I think will, will do a lot for me. And it seems from what I can tell so far, I've only played, you know, a, a few hours and that's, you know, barely scratching the surface of it. From what I played a really fun game mode as well. You, you start as a young lion, you're doing training. Some of the training, you'd have to do specific things in those specific matches. And we heard that once you get to the G1, it gets fun and like all this sort of stuff. Like the, just the idea that you can do a G1, uh, with your creative wrestler, it sounds like a hell of a lot of fun. So I'm excited to kind of dive in even a little bit more. Yeah, the old, you know, the other story mode you used to have was just beat everyone. You know, like, well, yeah, right, right. Beat everyone in all Japan, you can unlock Giant Baba. And that was kind of the extent of it. But uh, no, yeah, like that, that sounds great. Like actual genuine career mode where you start and then build up. No, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Let's stop the show so I can go play. <laughs> yeah, so I'll we'll get you out of here. That's bullshit. Yeah, get me out of here. Yeah, no, a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, and the created uh, has been pretty good. On PS4, it's a little weird because you got to go online to like the fp-arena.net and then download them there and stuff. So yeah. it's a little weird and you can't rename stuff. So it's a little wonky. But, you know, if, if like you said, you, you're you playing on the Switch. So if you're like kind of familiar with like Nintendo online, you're you're kind of okay. Well, I'm actually on, on PC. I don't even I don't think it's on the, the Switch. Well, not, so. I'm saying, though, in terms of like. Japanese companies sometimes have had oh, like okay. really weird ways of going about online stuff where you're like, yeah. well, why do I have to do that stuff? And it's like, whatever, who cares? Like, it's fine. Cause like switch, it's like, yeah, you can like not play with your friends or you can kind of play with your friends. If you want to do a headset, you got to buy these eight things. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, I don't want a game code. Like just give me a username. Like, what are you doing? But it's like, sometimes yeah. they just do these things. You know what I mean? It's fine. It's just another step. But once you do that one step, you're, you're fine with it or whatnot, but uh, they should do it on switch. Though. That'd be an incredible game to play on switch. I'd play the fuck out of that. If it was on switch, yeah. but uh, that's that. But uh, yeah, Fire Pro is pretty awesome. Uh, definitely want to check out. Uh, hopefully doing some more squashing buttons on uh, Patreon uh, with uh, playing through Fire Pro. Because hey, if I'm playing it, I might as well fucking stream it. So we'll see that. But uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff there. So I uh, was able to dive in. The other day I went and downloaded like a hundred classic guys or whatnot. So it's pretty fun to kind of go in there and now have an entire stable of, you know, classic pro guys. And, and I don't know if I'm ever going to get like obsessive with it, like where people used to be, where everybody was in the right spots and there's all these different roster guys and whatnot. I don't know if I'm gonna do that. I feel like I kind of like the base roster and then just get some like guys that I want to play as, but I don't know that I necessarily need like every single person that's ever wrestled, you know, in Japan or America. I don't know. We'll see how things go and how the creative wrestlers go. How do you, how do you usually tackle a fire pro game? Do you kind of <laughs> stick with, or are you one of those weirdos that just downloads everybody? No, the days of being weird are, are done. You Who's know, got time for that? Like, <laughs> be like, wait a minute, this junkyard dog can jump off the middle rope. Like, yeah, I right. better I change this. this. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah, this no, guy those days are long. Like, no, like, oh, this JYD does a Phoenix splash. Ah, close enough. So. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It looks like JYD. That's all I want. Yeah, yeah, when I went through, I didn't even. I was like, yeah, it looks like Kensuke Bachi. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he does. I was, I was seeing like the weird, like you know, someone made like Chef Boyardee or the Cookie Monster. Like, <laughs> I don't. I really don't get the appeal here. Like. Like, God bless, I guess, if that's your thing, you know. Someone's doing it. And, you ever, and like, I don't know if you've actually delved into this Fire Pro creator. I, for five seconds, was like, you know, I should create a guy. And I got into that menu and I said, nope, I'm out of here. This is bullshit. It is. I don't understand yeah, how anybody creates anything stuff. in that game. It's so ridiculous. It's super deep and amazing. But, dude, God, you got to be spending hours trying to get guys. Yeah. It, yeah. Stuff, stuff like... Uh... No Mercy or WrestleMania 2000 had that kind of creator mode where you could just kind of mess around and make someone and in a reasonable like a half hour you could kind of come up with you know something decent but this you know you need like <laughs> he's doing like you know DNA coding and stuff to get the proper uh, right like I'm not doing that I'm not doing that shit yeah get it's out a here. little too much yeah I don't, I don't have time for that shit but um 
Uh, let's talk about a game that I also don't have time for. And at least just speaking of don't have time for shit. W2K19, Joe, coming up in, uh, what, two weeks now at this point. W2K19. I know you're nothing if not the world's biggest W2K fan. So how excited mm-hmm. on a level of 9 to 10 are you for uh, W2K19? <laughs> Negative 9 thereabouts. <laughs> You know, you, you just look at the presentation. I mean, you look at, can, we get, can we get something, you know, not even comparable to like Madden, like comparable to a good PlayStation 3 game? Like, that would be a big upgrade at this point. It's just like, like you, you said, you see the the side by side, like, you know, well, here's the Tyler Bate in the game, and here's the Tyler oh Bate. Oh, the Tyler Bate. Some dude oh just made Tyler Bate. Looks terrible. Oh, my God. It looks like, like an intern spent five minutes and he's like, yeah. uh, here's what I have. Like, I'll work on it tomorrow. And they're like, ah, that's yeah, good enough. Like, <laughs> He's got hair. He's got tights. We're good. That that we'll go with that. Yeah, it's just it's like oh my god, like <laughs> it can't be that hard. <laughs> you know, don't you just do scans and kind of go from there? Like, was he not available because he's in the UK? Did you have to use like your cousin or something and kind of just go from there? Just download the other guy. Like, there's better ones that people made. Like some like some twelve year old made a better one. Just download that one and just say it's the new one. You know what I mean? Like, you could just steal that player model and probably do it. But it's uh, my god, yeah, what a uh. What a complete disaster. Um, 2K19. I mean, I have absolutely zero desire to play it. I, I usually, on a yearly basis, will sample these games for about an hour. I, I saw a gameplay video, and I was like, I'm never in a million years going to play this fucking game. Like, how are we, are we still working on the same engine we've worked on for 25 years? It's unfathomable yeah. that they haven't updated the engine. It still plays the same. It still looks the same. I mean, yeah, it, it's got fun entrances, and it's got all this sort of stuff. But, man, the gameplay is just the goddamn dirt worst. Hey, there's big head mode this year. I, I saw that. Oh my, you're going to spend time on fucking big head mode? Oh, Jesus Christ, what is it? <laughs> is that NBA Jam? Yeah, NBA, fucking NBA hang time garbage. Like, what are you doing here with this? God, Lord. I saw that. I saw people being like, oh my God, hang, big head mode. Like, really, that? how long are you going to play big head mode and actually enjoy it? Like, I, I didn't even enjoy it in NBA hang time. Like, it was something that, like, you yeah. were trying to get a better code on the screen and you just ended up with big head mode and you're like, oh, and your friends are like, oh, no. Like, I know. I'm sorry. And it was like fun for four minutes that they had big heads and then you're kind of over it. Like, that's about, and they, I'm sure that they spent, but also the people that buy in it, it's like not that hard to even do a big head mode. Like, I don't know anything about game programming, but I imagine you just like attribute head like up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it can't be that hard to even program. So that's like, that's the shit they shovel in your face and for 2K19 and, there, yeah. <laughs> and they have Bray Wyatt's House of Horrors or whatever oh, match. Right. Oh my god. But uh, no Tommaso Ciampa though. Uh, you'll have to uh, wait. Yeah. Maybe they'll put him on the DLC. I hope. Joe, I hope for God's sakes that they put mm. Tommaso Ciampa on the first DLC. You know. God, I'm just, I'm just looking at all the, the legends that are in the game. Like, How long is Edge going to be in WWE games? Like forever? <laughs> like I don't know. I think if you, <laughs> I think if you really like Edge, you've probably played a video game with him at this point. I think I think you got the point. You know, it, but but how many different edges do they have? I remember one year, what was it? The Kurt Angle. Well, year? Said, yeah. Like we have five Kurt Angles. You're like, I don't need five Kurt Angles. Like, like do you get yeah, I mean, edge and then mm. weird babyface edge that nobody liked, and then rated R edge, and then broken neck edge, and then, <laughs> then short haired. Uh, promo sometimes edge yeah, yeah podcaster uh, is yeah, yeah right comes out with it well, epico colognes in this game huh oh god i remember one year like they had the the usos but you had to buy them separately like they weren't a pack like, <laughs> who's just gonna buy jay and not jimmy you know? <laughs> like, i'm good i'm good with just jay i'll, I'll move on from there yeah, like right. i get the point like you know <laughs> they are twins you know you could just use different outfits and team them up 
it's like you know Oh, thank God Randy Orton's in the game. Yeah. <laughs> are you, are you not going to play this game, are you? No. No, I'm still stuck on a Xbox 360. So last oh, one yeah. I played was uh, my Angelo Dawkins. How exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm I just coming over here. Just couldn't find a way to get Champa in there, though. Gosh darn it. Like, so weird. How like, just like the four horsemen that one year, they just couldn't. God damn it. They couldn't get him in there. Thank God, though, two weeks after they had DLC that they were in there. So they, at the last minute, righted the wrong. So <laughs> Jason Jordan's in the game. Remember him? <laughs> yeah. He comes out in his agent outfit. He's just wearing a suit. <laughs> That's true. He just he can't play as well. He just puts matches together. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, oh no. Yeah, the, oh, that's W2K. Oh, so that's our uh, great uh, preview of WW2K19. So what's what's the new game mode? I don't even who cares. Who the hell cares? Joe, I want to talk to you about this. Um uh recent Patreon episode of Squashing Buttons. I played WF Super WrestleMania for the Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that game such a steaming pile of shit? And why <laughs> did I spend a half an hour on it? I don't know what's wrong with WrestleMania, uh, Super WrestleMania for the Genesis. Okay. All right. So kicks did more damage than anything else in the entire game. <laughs> well. So eventually I realized that I should just kick everybody. <laughs> um, everybody had the same moves, except they had finishers. So that was kind of cool because hey. that was different. I watched. I then watched your video afterwards. I'm like, oh, Joe better have like fucking eviscerated this game. And then you didn't. You, you eviscerated the SNES version. Oh, yeah, literally everybody had the same moves and nobody yeah, had finishes. The <laughs> There's no difference between being Earthquake or Jake Roberts. I actually remember Nintendo Power was like, well, if you do a body slam with Jake, it kind of looks like a DDT. <laughs> I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You, Nintendo. Like, well, get I didn't even you close your anyway. eyes and imagine we did a yeah. DDT. Then. Like, um, but you like the Genesis version? I didn't mind it. I mean, considering, you know, the horrendous wwf games on the nes at the time it was a a definite upgrade you know if you remember the wrestlemania game where you know it was even he just ran around the ring and kicked each other and (laughs) tried to grab little logos they tried to grab a um a cross for the hulkster i guess give him energy no yeah no there was an enormous upgrade at that point so this also led me kind of to have this discussion. It's it's interesting, and people have asked us this question too. And in, in, in when we asked for a you know a call for questions on this this episode, but uh, how many of these? Because you, you played all of them through the Funtime Arcade, of course. If you haven't looked up Joe Gagne's Funtime Arcade on YouTube, definitely I want to go and do that. You know, we we there are like your obvious usual suspects of like good wrestling games. There is your you know Virtual Pro Wrestling, your your No Mercies, your WrestleMania two thousands, your Fire Pros, of course. There's there's games like that. By and large, though, do wrestling games kind of suck more than good? Because I, I as I'm going through a lot of the classic games, I'm like these a lot of these games just kind of suck. Like they're just not very good at all on any level. But I I enjoy them. There's some nostalgia to me, but they're kind of bad, right? Yeah, I mean. Can you say that for any other? Like, are there more good baseball games than bad ones? Yes, are there I more? think so. I think so. <laughs> I really do. I mean, God, like, yeah. just off the top of my head, like, I'd rather play RBI Baseball and MVP 05 and All Star Baseball is pretty good. And Triple Play 96 is pretty good. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, Baseball All Stars, Super Baseball 2020, which is only two years away from <laughs> from that becoming a reality finally. So, oh, we're all robots. <laughs> we're all did robots. you mention Baseball Stars or did you omit that? Uh, I did not mention baseball stars yet, but that one. Oh, that's one, too, the, so. that's one of the greats. But so, um, yeah, just, I'm just thinking better. about the original baseball on the NES, where you know the ball would go through the <laughs> that was the outfield wall for a home run, and it's like, oh, <laughs> that one does suck. Yeah, I'm just going back and like I played the um, the WCW game for Super Nintendo, and that's fire. No, Nintendo, right? Was that one the WCW? It's just like it's the weird one where you highlight the guys and they talk. Is that Super Nintendo or 
Am I that mixing Super up Nintendo, games? Okay, that one. Worked. Ron Simmons is like, <laughs> what does he say when you cover Ron Simmons? Yeah, show me respect. It's clearly not. <laughs> yeah, it's just some guy going, show me respect. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They just had some developer be like, uh, try to do a voice like a big black guy. Uh, okay, <laughs> all right, that'll work. Yeah, whatever. That's pretty good. But that's yeah. I mean, that game has its it's weird and interesting. Like, you know, I went back and I played a lot of the uh, you know Raw and Royal Rumbles, and I enjoyed those games as kids. They they're not as endearing to me these days. But I think it's maybe just because I'm a little spoiled in some way. But I don't know. I like I love old wrestling games, but they're really not. <laughs> they're just the depth in a lot of them are kind of it's just kind of bad. But that's all right. Yeah, it's always, I mean, you know, you're trying to figure out how to present a stage contest as an actual athletic game, and that can be a bit of a challenge compared to, uh, you know, something like baseball. It's like, well, hit A to swing bad, and you can at least pull that off. Sure. And I think you, you and you mentioned it in, in, your, in your series as well. I mean, like, the first time World Tour, even WCW versus the World, but I think World Tour was the first one where, like, it was so goddamn shocking for American audiences because all you had before was like raw and you know WF rage in the cage on Sega CD and like uh, you know these sort of like even even WrestleMania the arcade game that's one that actually does hold up for you all for me I enjoy WrestleMania the arcade game a lot but like you, that was it like that those were your like best ones that you had and then like that game came out or you know WrestleFest of course for the arcade but when World Tour came out it was fucking mind blowing because that completely i mean that and that game still i can play that right now in an hour and 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 still have a lot of fun and play for four or five hours or whatnot but it's just like it's amazing how and and i think you mentioned as well how transformative that game was to the american audiences because we had just gotten really kind of shit before that yeah that was such a quantum leap and you know wrestling made the great leap to, to 3d gaming you know we'd been so used to 2d before that it made it so gracefully and that was that was the kind of game where they you know it's one thing to put in things gamers expect but they kind of like put in things i didn't think of like i remember scott steiner had the screwdriver i'm like oh yeah that is a movie uses not all the time in the u.s but sometimes and they actually remembered that and pulled that out and that's <laughs> that's really awesome stuff like yeah, you know, giving even... laparka La a chair to start the match it's oh like, my yeah, god yeah do that. so great yeah little stuff like that was just like so awesome and like the little things in those games were incredible because you didn't get little things and get you know these games before no. like you said like the little things was like you had to pick up a cross for health for hulk hogan you're yeah like, oh. you were looking to get big things <laughs> like, <laughs> right like, so like little things you were never going to get but yeah like that, that stuff the inclusion of of the different game modes like you beat guys you unlocked guys like stuff like that was just like oh i mean like we kind of took for granted in those and like maybe now you look at them and you're like oh yeah whatever you, you go through these game modes you unlock people but still it was like a big deal and like everybody kind of feeling i think the best part about it is is every wrestler kind of felt like themselves like when you played as scott signer for instance you felt like you were wrestling as scott signer for the first time almost ever in a wrestling video game because a lot of times yeah you were jake the snake roberts or you were rick martell in in, in a game and it, never, it didn't feel much different i mean you're doink or or diesel and it kind of felt the same but this is the first game where it really felt like guys had like a little bit more weight and felt unique so yeah it's it's the, the idea that like you should really just go and like play through some old games and then play world tour even or even a no mercy or wrestlemania and and, and even a revenge and just be like oh my god like jesus christ that's why these games were as big of a deal as they are and that's why we still talk about them to these days i mean they just were that big and and shit i don't think they've gotten anywhere close to that you know in the last 15 years i mean here comes the pain was pretty solid but you know it's been quite a while since they've been anywhere near that oh i love here comes the pain and then i remember next year i forget the follow up maybe in the first raw versus smackdown i'm like this will be even better because they'll, you know, they'll make tweaks, but keep everything. And it was just terrible. Yeah. It was just Who knew like, that oh, Here Comes God. the Pain was an apt name for that game? Yeah. It was like, it's like the future is pain. The stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, that, you know, those those games like Revenge was, you know, still the same core gameplay, but they made improvements. Like you could 
kind of position guys in certain ways now in a grapple. And they may, they would make little tweaks like that, but keep the, the same gameplay, you know, intact. Yeah. As I've gotten a little bit older, I mean, I loved WrestleMania 2000 and probably my favorite for a long time, but as I've gotten a little bit older, I, 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 you know, no mercy. I still really do love, but for whatever reason, like revenge has just moved up my ladder a bunch. I love revenge. I think it's the roster more than anything. Cause the, the WrestleMania 2000 roster. Yeah. WrestleMania 2000 is a better game, but like, I just, hate that roster because it's yeah, like playing as the godfather all that yeah much. it's like the dirt worst of wwf like i hate that era of wwf and it's like mm. half the roster is just guys that you ne- the godfather and midian and pat patterson and michael hayes and his dry fit t-shirt and like <laughs> i don't want to be any of these people <laughs> these guys all suck like yeah of course you got your mankind your takers your, your, your whatnot and and that obviously improves in in, in no mercy because then you add like you know the radicals and you add kurt angle and you add taz and you have all those guys so that's why no mercy really stands out but man revenge is just like the best roster to me i love that roster of revenge it's just perfect like bloated wcw roster combined with a little bit of the holdovers from you know world tour and stuff it's just yeah i love that revenge and revenge is just so smooth too i love that game a lot we should go play revenge right now yeah <laughs> i mean you know wcw still holds a real you know a lot of people are still fans remember the the good old days of wcw and that's you know that was their their pinnacle it's, it's weird how they're video games kind of mirrored their fortunes in in real life. Because when you, you know, you had World Tour, they were on the Ascend. You had Revenge was probably around their Apex. Then you had Mayhem, things started to slip a bit. And then you get into Backstage Assault, uh, where it's (laughs) just the the pits. So, so yeah, but no, a lot lot of, I mean, Revenge came out when I was in college. So, you know, you always had endless battle royals at that point which did you do did you do pinfall battle royals that's what we always did which was a yeah we did that but you know you kind of i would kill to have the amount of time that i had then we were like sweet this match is gonna take five hours like i cannot wait (laughs) yeah i mean like time yeah like hell yeah dude like i'm coming over saturday night and we're doing a battle royal with pinfalls or whatever just just submissions or whatever and that was fine like we were totally fine with spending five hours doing that now like my same friends were like oh yeah i think uh in I don't know. Uh, yeah, in November, I should have like a few hours to hang out. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, God damn it. Like, I hate getting old. That's great. But uh, yeah, no, uh, Revenge is, is pretty incredible. I always had a friend, um, hopefully, you didn't have a friend like this, that was like, liked the Nitro and Thunder games better than Revenge. And I stopped being friends with him because of it. So <laughs> I remember someone was like, <laughs> it's, I, was like I don't know if that's better. I, I, I had to get this Revenge game. And he's like, well, I hear there's new games coming out on the PlayStation. Maybe you want to get those instead. <laughs> I was like, hmm. Nope. Like, nah, I'll stick with this. And uh, yeah. But they talk when you do the selection screen. Oh, okay. Well, that game's fucking garbage. Oh, I hate that game so much. All right. Let's get to these questions here before we uh, wrap things up. Uh, we'll go kind of quick on these guys. We had a uh, we asked for your questions on Patreon and the, uh, the forums, voicewrestling.com slash forums. So we'll start with our Patreon questions first. Uh, John Carroll asks, uh, rest, uh, the host of Wrestling Omakase, on this very network. So John asks, are you leaning in any particular direction for the two major single wrestler categories right now? Wrestler of the year and most outstanding wrestler. That's in the wrestling Observer rewards. Uh, Joe, any, uh, any guys standing out for you for wrestler of the year or most outstanding wrestler thus far? Um, outstanding. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a, this has been a crazy year for in ring wrestling. It could go like, you know, there's 10 names you could say, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue much. Wrestler of the year is tough because, you would think it'd be Kenny Omega's award to win, and he probably will. But I feel like we're a couple of days away from having to stage an intervention about his title reign. After two, you know, eh, not like you know, I I liked the Ishii match, but I think that's kind of the worst match those guys could have together. That's they kind of hit the floor in a way, and you know, the stuff like yelling about Tanahashi and his match style and stuff like that. I think like 
oh, this is not this is not helping your Hall of Fame candidacy. You're not <laughs> right, right. Peaking at the right moment here. So I don't know at this point. I mean, I, I'm kind of with yeah, you. It's, it's wide open. Say. It's really wide open. When I, I was thinking about this question for a while, and I was like, I don't know that I have names. Like, I think I have a bunch of names. Like, most outstanding, I could give you 10 guys. I could give you an Omega. I could give you an Ishii. I could give you, you know, even a Walter type. I can give you even an Osprey who, who's had some great stuff uh, that I've really liked uh, throughout the year. And, 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 man, there's a lot of guys that, that have a, a most outstanding case, guys that have had incredible years top to bottom all across the world. I mean, it's been just a great wrestling year. Uh, all over the place. Wrestler of the year, though, like who is, you know, not only had a great in-ring year, but had a great business year and stuff like, I mean, it, it's it's such a weird year because we've seen some transformative shows. We've seen Cody and, and the Bucks, you know, do this all in thing, which was a tremendous success and could be, you know, justifiable when you're talking about like, you, you know, guys that really mattered in terms of the, the business of pro wrestling. A Kenny Omega type, as you mentioned, you could go to, I mean, there's just so many guys to go for these. I don't know. I have a real tough time. I'm hoping that it becomes a little bit more clear because I hope uh, it's not as difficult as it is now, but I cannot mm-hmm. whittle it down to like just a few names. I mean, I have probably 10 names for each of those guys and i don't know that i could vote any one of them over the other right now it's it's kind of tricky yeah. uh knocked out entertainment asks uh, what promotion do you want to see shima and his crew invade next so people have not been following shima and the strong hearts crew uh the guys that broke off from dragon gate uh, they've been in ddt they've been in wrestle one they're showing up all over the place where next do you want to see shima and his boys invade <laughs> go to pro wrestling noah so there's a little bit of life there. yes <laughs> i like it yeah so you know I was gonna say like evolve. That'd be pretty sweet too to like just just add a sure. random injection to like evolve wrestling somewhere in America or what? Like AW, come on in AW, guys. That'd be pretty sweet. I invite you to come to AW uh, this weekend. No, I like pretty much anywhere. I think that like these guys yeah. are adding juice anywhere they're going. I mean, Wrestle One has been as as interesting as it's ever been um, with these guys there. Uh, DDT. I'm pretty interested to see what they did. I've heard nothing but rave reviews about what they've done in DDT. And and yeah, I mean, pretty much anywhere. And PWG apparently they had a pretty uh, good weekend. Uh, at Bola as well, a few of the guys, T-Hawk and, and Shima. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, no would be a great option. That's actually a really fun one. I like that idea. Um, I don't know, Dragon Gate might be nice to <laughs> inject some life into it. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? How about that one? That, well, that bridge might be done, but, you know, if you're looking to invade and inject some life into a company, Dragon Gate might be a, a fun one to do. No, DDT is really fun. I mean, that's a really cool way to get them involved. But, yeah, I think no would be, be really good. And then maybe, so, I mean, somewhere in America, I don't know if Evolve is really the right spot for them, but I don't know where else you put them really in America. I mean, maybe one of the Euro promotions would be pretty cool. Um, to see them kind of come in and, and do some stuff, but everyone's kind of co-opted one way or another, so it's hard to find like a good spot for them. Maybe like Australia, they go, but no, I, I like Noah the best. That'd be a lot of fun uh, for what uh, them and Noah. Uh, Dalton Bailey asks, "What are your power rankings so far for what's announced for WrestleMania weekend?" So, uh, in terms of stuff going on WrestleMania weekend, we've heard that DDT's coming. Uh, we've heard that WXW is coming. You got the WWN Super Show. You have Evolve. You've got Joey Ryan's uh, Spring Break. You have the huge show, Joey Ryan's Penis Party. Of course, that should be number one on everyone's power yeah. rankings. I'm sure it'll be on yours. Uh, ROH New Japan, you know, Takeover, WrestleMania, all that sort of stuff. We have to rank every single one of them. But maybe what what are the standouts for you? What's you know a mat, a, a show that you're definitely 100 going to have to go to uh this wrestlemania weekend well i already i bought a ticket for the madison square garden show with uh ring of honor and new japan so that's i guess number one that's the one i'm probably most excited about i think that'll be a pretty crazy experience and uh and ddt is definitely one i'm gonna pencil i mean 
I don't know like where I'm staying, how I'm getting there, how I'm getting around, but uh, I'm going to MSG. I'm going to DDT. I'm right. Okay, so you have the exact same path that I do. Those are the I bought my MSG tickets, and the second the DDT tickets are on sale, I'm going to go buy those, and that's it. Like every other one, I'm just going to show up to. Again, like I said, I have no clue what I'm doing. I haven't even bought anything else. I just buy those two tickets, and then just kind of figure out around there. So you and I have the same schedule. So I will hopefully see you then. So that's all right. Gonna... So uh, I think that penis party is kind of like a trap. Like anyone who buys a ticket and goes kind of gets a. A tracking device put on them <laughs> right? yeah, that's where you go yeah like the idea that your email is going to come in like your tickets for joy ride's penis party have arrived like you know what i mean like download your tickets now for the joy ride's penis party mm. yeah that's that's some yeah all right uh jamie sessions <laughs> asks uh any locks for wrestling observer hall the fame voting anyone that has fallen off that you can't believe did so uh joe uh you are a uh, hall of fame voter kind of sort of <laughs> yeah well, i think i sent a ballot once i after a mind gave all the time like you know like hey dave don't forget me and so then you he... get a ballot you send a ballot we don't know if your ballot gets counted but well, hey, you, know. you know what hey it's it's fine hey it's progress all right yeah so now it is you so uh any locks this year for the wrestling was hall of fame by the way we're going to do a lot of patreon content about the hall of fame so expect that uh over the next few weeks but yeah any uh, any guys are standing out to you right now uh i don't i mean i don't think anyone's a lock i know i think omega is just too new to be on the ballot yeah, uh you know say, kind of say He's kind of going in, isn't he? Omega. It's going to cause. I, I don't think so because I, I really thought Naito would have gone in. I think hopefully people learn their lessons from Nakamura, who went in before his uh, jump to NXT and the WWE. And everyone's kind of like, maybe we should have held off a little bit on that. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So I, I don't. I don't see anyone as a. It's probably not a Stone Cold. I think when Okada goes on the ballot, he will go in handily first time. Mm-hmm. I think of guys, I mean, just kind of looking at, at, at last year's voting, I mean, guys, so basically, uh, there's a few guys, and if you don't know about the Wrestling Reserve Hall of Fame, there's a few guys that need to get over 50% or else they get dropped off the ballot. Uh, that doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to go in. It just means they have to get over this threshold. Mm-hmm. Uh, Junakiyama, he was at 47%. I think he might get a little bit of groundswell, especially with All Japan and and, the, and you know them sort of resurrecting themselves. So it'll be interesting to see if Akiyama... I, again, like Locke is a really strong term for him. I don't know about him. Uh, Jerry Jarrett, he was at 50% last year. He needs to get fifty over 50% again. Again, I don't know that he's a lock to get in, but I think he might you know be a lock to kind of stay alive. And then Sin Caras uh, in, the, uh, um, in the, the Mexico region, he uh, also is... Uh, hopefully going to get over 50%. But yeah, when you look at guys last year that were pretty close, Gary Hart was at 55%. Jimmy Hart was at 54%. Howard Finkel, 54 Bill after at 52 Like nobody really, yeah, you know, the, the the missionaries of death in Mexico, they were at 57%. They probably, I would say, have a good chance of going in, but nobody else really feels like a lock at all. I mean, this could be a year. It's weird. It might be a year where like nobody gets in. I mean, your new guys are Kenny Omega, Rick Martel, Samoa Joe. Paul Jones, Johnny Rougeau, and Universe uh, Univero uh, 2000. Like, I don't know. Samoa Joe's not a lock to go in, and Kenny Omega's not a lock. So, yeah, lock is a tough term for this year. Yeah. This, this this might be a year where nobody gets You know what I mean? Like, it might be the missionaries of death and, like, Gary Hart, and that's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it might be one of those years. I mean, we've had a couple recent years. We've had a, a good amount of entrance every year. This might be a year where – I think wasn't there one year where just, like, the Rock and Roll Express went in? Yeah, yeah, I think that was two yeah. years ago that they went in. Last year, we got Mark Lewin, uh, Mike and Ben Sharp, AJ Styles, Minoru Suzuki, and Pedro Morales. Yeah, so that was a busy year. Oh, that was so a huge one. year that got a lot of guys that had been kind of hanging around for a while out. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where, where, where those guys kind of fall. But, yeah, I don't think there's any locks right now. But, no. um, and then anybody that fell off that you can't believe did. I mean, the guys last year that fell off, Pepper Gomez, Dick Hutton, China. I mean, I, don't, I think those are all probably likely people to fall off. Uh 
who uh, who fell off the year prior. I'm trying to see here. Kinja Shibuya, Ron White, Kimura, Fishman, Dominic Danucci. I don't know if there's any been any fall like huge surprise fall offs to me. I, I nobody really stood out to me. No, still a little salty. Grand Graham Hamada never went in, just kind of given his uh, you know, kind of the overall influence mm-hmm. in ring ability and the enormous crowds he drew in Mexico was kind of. I'm a little salty about that, but what can yeah. you do? I'm always I was always surprised that uh, Ultimate Warrior fell off as quickly as he did all those years ago, and Goldberg too. I mean, they're back on now, but they're just kind of getting like basic, very small amounts of of of. Uh, yeah, I was kind of. I mean, love, but if Goldberg was going to get in, it would have been last year. Exactly. Yeah, he so. peaked right with his his run, and I, I mean, I think his his run's just a little too short. To I'm with you. Yeah, I, I was going in. Yeah, I was surprised that he didn't get a little bit more, but once he didn't get any any more, it was kind of like, all right, yeah, that's that's probably not going to happen here. And then uh, last year, also, I should mention Kurt Hennig fell off. I know that one kind of stings for some people, but I, you know, that's fine. It's it's you know, it's the Hall of Fame. It goes mm-hmm. Viano three. I know a lot of people were upset about. I don't really have any super strong Viano three thoughts, so I can't really give you that much there. But uh, yeah, he was another guy that dropped off um, as well last year. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's a question. Uh, Luke Stacks asks, uh, what do you see Goto doing in six months? He had a curiously low point total in the G1 and seems absent from the Chaos Implosion. Is he just going to keep trading the Never title with Taichi, end up in a tag, win the New Japan Cup, or slide down the card even further? Joe Gagne, what the hell do you do with Goto over the next six months? Uh, boy, I don't, I mean, unless you do, he's part of some Chaos shakeup. He's probably just going to keep on, you know, he'll win the Never title, lose it, maybe he'll team up, maybe he'll win the Tag League again. You know, New Japan, another New Japan Cup, you know, have a good middle of the road G1. Yeah, I don't see any kind of real path to break out for him at this point. I don't see him really breaking into that top main event scene the way it is. I mean, maybe he'll get another shot. I don't know, but I kind of see him being where he is right now. Yeah, it's I'm just yeah, there's not there's nothing happening with Goto. I mean, yeah, you, people can keep hoping for it and we wishing for it. And yeah, he's innovative on offense and does all this sort of stuff. But they obviously don't see Goto on that same level. So, yeah, maybe he'll have some weird hope run where he wins a new Japan Cup and everybody thinks, oh, Goto again. But yeah, I, I don't hopefully something in this chaos implosion. Hopefully he gets involved and he is a major player in it and whatnot, because it'd be nice to see him finally get something. But yeah, that 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 ship is is sailing and he's getting passed up by like every new guy that comes in. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, yeah, it's going to eventually be uh be probably be an issue for him uh, getting anywhere all right uh cody uh McAnally, who's done some uh, history pieces on voice wrestling.com really great stuff if you have not read those uh he asks uh do you think WWE could pull off a g1 style tournament uh league tournament i uh, make successful with fans in north america what would you think of a junior league with the 205 lifestyle wrestlers would this be an option that you would explore if you had control i feel like having leagues could really help layer stories and matches what are your thoughts well i'll give my thoughts real quick of course i think they should and if i was in control i would but they will never ever 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 do those so Joe, your thoughts on G1 style tag leagues, either be 205 junior league or a main roster G1 style league thing. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Japan is single matches are so much rarer. I mean, look at any new Japan undercard. It's just a bunch of tag matches. So any kind of singles match has some kind of novelty because you don't, you know, even something like Makabe and, uh, you know, Yoshihashi has some novelty to it. They're not push guys, but they're both, that's the only time of the year you'll see it. And, you know, we see guys in, Big singles matches all the time. If you saw Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns on Raw, you wouldn't even blink. But you know, it, so it kind of loses that cachet in a bit. I mean, I would do it. You know, I would do that. I would tie in house shows. I would have some of the matches take place on house shows. Give house shows a little juice. I would tape those matches so you have a little bonus for the network. You know, I think it'd be some good storytelling. I don't. You know, it wouldn't have the impact the G One does. I certainly would explore it. I think for Two Hundred Five Live, if you want to try, I think it's a, uh, you know. 
you know, because that, I mean, that's a brand that doesn't have specials. It, if it's lucky, it'll crack the pre-show of a pay-per-view and that's it. So something of their own is worth it. And I think, isn't the Mixed Mass Challenge a, a round-robin tournament this year? Uh, yes. Remembering? It so there you go. Yeah, you can so try it that way. Did it. Yeah, they're kind of doing it, but they're I mean, kind of doing it now. Content. Like you said, I think the big reason why it, it, it's so important in, in, in Japan and why it's it's done so much better is because, like you said, singles matches are different and unique and, and special. Like, a, a G1 style league with the main event would be like, you know, Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins. And like, the, you know, it's like, well, you've seen that match like a thousand times, like Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler, like, you know, Dean Ambrose versus uh, Drew McIntyre. Like it, it, you're getting them almost every night. I mean, basically WWE booking over the course of a year is basically a gigantic bad G1, which is, you know, round robin match, you know, just this constant cycle of guys facing each other on and off. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I think it'd be a great idea and it's, it's a way to tell good stories and, and, and use, as Cody said, like lay layer stories and layer matches and, and tell stories by who wins and who loses but they're just not gonna i mean they don't even like doing tournaments let alone yeah. a goddamn round robin so like main roster i don't think it'll ever happen triple h doesn't come from a school where that's a thing either so it's not like even he's gonna do it and i think there'd be a, a big you know gap to try to get you know your casual american fans to get invested in you know multi-week you know round robin tournament or whatnot i just don't think they're gonna get that excited mm-hmm. about that so I don't know if if I had control, I would do it, but I think you need to build it up, as you said. Like I don't think one day you could just say, "All right, we're doing one." Like let's go. Like I, it's it it takes time and carefulness to do that. So, um, all right, David Nevitt asks, uh, seeing as it is in the news with countless top indie talent in Canada banned from the U.S. for five years for floating uh, visa rules, uh, is it now actively stupid to even take bookings in the U.S. considering the risk that I assume will affect employment opportunities or prospects down the line? So David asks, if you're from Canada, would you even bother coming to American indie shows? What do you say? Uh, I mean, given the very stern penalty you can pay, I would imagine not. I mean, I would try to. It's tough because I know Josh Alexander talked about he spent like thousands of dollars, you know, with a lawyer to try to get a working visa. It was just flat out, I, I think, denied. Yeah, yeah. Said, a- like, AW actually helped him with that. They sponsored yeah. him and did all this sort of stuff, and yeah, it just didn't. And it, it just didn't work out. Yeah. So it's tough because you know it's not like he tried the the legal <laughs> the legal path and got nothing to show for it and then you know your other option is just hoping for the best but you might get kicked out of the country for five years so i don't know it's very tough i, I think you know i think they should loosen that for uh much like music uh copyright they should loosen these laws for uh for wrestling absolutely yeah no it, it sucks and, and like yeah it's in the news right now but i remember this is the thing that happens every so often like you know what i mean where they all of a sudden get stringent about it but then guys start like there's like two or three months where you won't hear from people and then like you know then Ethan Page is booked on a show or whatever, you know, like it kind of happens where these guys slowly kind of creep their way back in as it goes on. So I wouldn't assume that like now all of a sudden this pipeline of Canada talent is done. It's just going to be done for a little while and then maybe they'll come back in. But yeah, I mean, if, if I was them, I mean, that's it's a real big risk. And with so many opportunities in other countries and Europe and Japan and whatnot, you know, it might just be worth it to just to say, ah, forget it. I'll just do these shows elsewhere and not really do the America. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice overall for the rules just to get, you know, lessened, but uh, or the, the the punishments to get lessened. But uh, yeah, I think like for a while you're going to see a, a, a drop off in Canadian talent, but then like they always, these guys are always going to take that risk. You know what I mean? Like the, the payoff can be pretty high, even if, even with the big risk. So yeah, it'll, people stay cool for a little bit and then they'll probably come back up. And we had the same thing a few years ago when, you know, Ethan Gabriel Owens was coming over and Alexander, as you said, would be coming back and forth. And uh, what is the Sleaze of Sparks or whatever was the other one too. Like it, this happens all the time. So yeah, I don't know. People will come and go and then kind of decide 
uh, from there. Jared Welsh asks, Rich, what happened to the KMP show? Did you murder John? I did not murder John. I just hung out with him last weekend. He is still alive, as far as I can tell. Uh, I haven't checked with him today, so maybe he uh, he did die today. But as far as I know, he is still <laughs> alive. Um, but no, the KMP show just, uh, just got too busy. Uh, he had some other stuff to do. He got a lot of voiceover work. Uh, that he was doing so he got involved in that and then i just i got busy doing over and back and doing some more stuff on voice of wrestling uh launching the patreon so i just decided hey man I'm, i don't think i'm gonna have enough time to devote to this so so that's it that's all it was um i don't know if did i ever tell you this joe that um i was talking with john once and we were talking about uh a youtube channel because he obviously he was doing youtube at that time and streaming and, and, and making pretty good money on it and he was he'd spent like 15 minutes describing a a, a wrestling video game channel and at the end of his describing this, I was like, it was like Joe Gagne's Fun Time Arcade. He's like, oh, yeah, I love that one. I was like, and then I dropped, like, I did the the, the worst name drop ever. I was so embarrassed. I was like, I know him. And I was like, well, <laughs> like, bad. he lost his mind. I was like, yeah, I talk to him all the time. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I used you as, like, my big, like, you know, eh, I know that guy. <laughs> like, I could, I could get you. Oof. You want to talk to him? I could talk. I could hook him up. And he was like, oh, my God, I love him so much. Like, he's great at that or whatever. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him. <laughs> it was, like, weird. So I just thought you would like to know that you got, like, dropped, like, confidently, too. Like, I felt like, oh, dude, this is going to be, like, the the ace in the hole. Is like, yeah, I, I know that Joe Gagne guy. Like, mm-hmm. I talked to him. I, th- I think I have his phone number, actually. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things. But, yeah, there you go. So you were a celebrity for that night. Embarrassing uh, for you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's really the lowest of the low I've ever done. Uh, Brie Bella thoughts. This is from Brand Gordon. Brie Bella thoughts. Do you want to get into this Brie Bella thing? I don't. Sure don't. Yeah, I really don't <laughs> want to. Listen to literally every other piece of wrestling audio this week uh, to get Brie Bella thoughts. I I don't. I, I'm done with it. I don't care. I don't. Whatever. I yeah. We're just gonna move on. Uh, what is your MLB playoff hot takes, Joe? I forget. Are you uh you a big baseball fan? Yeah, uh, certainly enjoyable watching the Red Sox. This uh this season although i have I a bad say, Jesus Christ, juggernaut. yeah i have a bad feeling that they might make their usual early playoff exit which would uh you know with um chris sale hitting a whopping 90 with his fastball last night i'm like oh boy oh did that really uh, happen oh no yeah oh, like, no. The, the manager is like well that ain't good so like, <laughs> you know that's not good at all yeah, we always were wondering when chris sale's arm was going to fall off so apparently that's um yeah after june <laughs> yeah, apparently. so there we go we finally like, you know they like they took it like, ah, oh, they're resting him, but I guess it didn't, I guess it just didn't help. So hopefully they'll score 10 runs a game and it won't be much of an issue. Yeah. They, they are capable of doing that. So that maybe that'll, that'll do it. But uh, yeah, so that I guess that would be your hot take that the Red Sox, the juggernaut of the Red Sox uh, bows out early. I think my hot take is uh, uh, the Brewers. I really think the Brewers are a really solid team top to bottom. I'd, I'd be really interested to see. We see a lot of times that what, what, what will keep teams alive is like home runs and a good bullpen. And and that's the you know the that's Oakland is another one too that could really make a, a big run and, and and Milwaukee too I think both those teams could make pretty f- big long runs uh, even though they aren't probably the favorites in either of the leagues but I think those two guys even though I know MLB would do everything they can to prevent an Oakland Milwaukee World Series like, I, I say, do not yeah. think it's going to happen but I think like they will send something to make sure that that does not happen because uh, that would be not great uh, for baseball but I would enjoy that but no I'm not saying that either one of uh, both of them are going to make the World Series or whatnot but I, I wouldn't be surprised if you were those two so that'd kind of be my hot take is is watch out for oakland and milwaukee uh in the al and the nl and your hot take is that boston bowing out because chris sales arm fell off and <laughs> but they still could score like 19 runs a game so that might here's here's good. hoping yeah i don't know all right uh brandon you had a third question that seems kind of greedy but we'll answer all of them because i didn't answer your brie bella question uh your opinion on new japan's performance under harold may so far so what do you think of harold may's presidency joe i'm glad he's taking a step back and he's not you know we don't see him involved in angles during uh during uh, shows anymore so but i mean besides that it's, it seems kind of like business as usual for 
for New Japan. I can't really speak on that, but I'm glad he's not like a six man champion right now or anything. Yeah, that's um, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that yeah he's not as public facing as he was for the first few months. But I guess it's been fine. I mean, I know that like you know he he banned like Blanche Archer's spitting entrance, which is fine. Like I don't really care all that much. I there has been a little bit more of like Americanized angles and stuff, and I don't know if that's just because of the time and it was probably going to happen anyway. And maybe Harold may has nothing to do with that. It's too hard to tell, man. He's been, you know, what is it? Three, four months that he's been really yeah. at the helm. So who knows? Like this would be a good question to ask in a year. Like so far, I think it's been fine, but yeah, talk to me again in a year and what we'll see kind of what he had his fingerprints on. Cause it might be a thing where, you know, some guys come in and they immediately start making changes or some guys come in and say, Hey, do whatever you're going to do. But then like, let me just kind of see what the lay of the land is and then figure it out as we go. So yeah, it could be a, a situation where he's just kind of letting, things go as they go and then you know in five six months then he says okay well here's what i want to do or here's what i think we should do so we'll see in about a year i think so far positive i guess but yeah i don't i it's, it's really hard to say it's been so early uh jonathan my asks uh, do you think the athletic subscription model combined with poaching the top local writing and reporting talent uh is sustainable and would you we uh would we ever get to the point where we see such an entity work in pro wrestling journalism uh, joe what do you think of the athletics model and if it could work in wrestling I'm not. Over, I'll defer to you on the on this topic here because I'm not super familiar. Okay, with so the subject matter. Yeah, for people that don't know about the athletic, essentially, it started off as the Athletic Chicago is 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 I think what the first one was, and it was uh, essentially a subscription journalism, sports journalism website where you paid X amount a month, you got no ads, and you got pretty decent writers. Like it was like good writers and whatnot. And then little by little, what they started doing is grabbing a lot of the beat writers, so local newspaper writers, and 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 signing them up to the Athletic and and moving them over there. And little by little, it became like one of the spots. Like, I mean, for a while, I think it was the the White Sox did not have a beat reporter that wasn't working for the athletic. Like that was the only place that you could get like that level of reporting for, for the White Sox here in Chicago for a while. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what, what a lot of that became. And, and they're still scooping up talent all over the place. They're presumably doing well, uh, hiring beat writers all over the place, writing top, you know, reporters and, and, and whatnot. So uh, yeah, they're, they're just kind of gobbling up all the big talent and putting them under one roof and making it a subscription model that you pay a, a monthly fee for to get access uh, to all of it. I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, uh, sustainable for now i don't know yeah like it, it's hard to say but i mean i guess it is uh you know if they keep doing this hiring i'm supposing they are making a decent amount of money with it so that's that's good for them and i think it's great that people pay for writing because that's better for everybody that people get jobs and people pay for it and they don't have to rely on ads and that sort of stuff and what's cool about the athletic too uh joe is it's not about a, a lot of clickbait as well because the implication is you're paying you know 10 bucks a month or whatever you're getting good stuff they're not just giving you trash they're giving you decent stuff for your money so so these writers i think all enjoy it a little bit more because they're allowed to actually write good stuff and not just like crap that needs to get on a slideshow or or be good for clicks so that's kind of cool as well uh as far as it ever working in wrestling journalism i think it absolutely could and i think it absolutely might at some point it's just the idea of getting everybody under one roof is probably going to be tough and there's there's always this we're, we're the, the pie that we're reaching for is all very very small it's a very little niche uh, so the idea that like, hey, if we all get together, we can all get this one niche at once. It's like, I don't know if it's that sustainable. Like it might be better off with a lot of people doing their own fragmented thing and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be pretty cool to see it all get under one roof. But I think it's going to be it's going to be difficult. I mean, it took God hundreds of years for it to happen in sports journalism. So uh, I don't know that it's ever going to happen uh, with wrestling journalism. But I think I think it could work for sure. So um, so that's that. Uh, we have so, a few more questions on the forums that we will get out of here. Um Okay, so this is from uh, our Isle of Man Man on the forums. Uh, you've been sent to an island to live for the rest of your life. He says, not the Isle of Man, though, because that's a lovely place to live. You don't want to be on the Isle of Man. Uh, you can have one show to watch for the rest of eternity, one theme song you can listen to, and one wrestling video game to play. What do you choose? So, Joe, you get one watch, one show, one theme song, 
and one wrestling video game to play the rest of your life, what are you picking? Now, is this a wrestling theme song or like a television he show said, theme he, song? He just said theme song. So, Joe, you can go wherever you want. I'll, t- I'll take that out on the Night Court theme song. <laughs> the Night Court? What? <laughs> yeah, it's banger. that's a banger. I'll take that. It is a banger. Okay. All right. All right. I'll take the uh, the Simpsons. Uh, so I'll have 10 good seasons and then I can you know find some scraps for the last two decades and uh, win a wrestling video game. Yeah, maybe I take a Fire Pro because I could always uh, be updating that or just trying to create someone will take like a month anyway. So that'll certainly pass. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you won't even realize that you're on a desert for the rest of your life or uh, a deserted island. Uh, all right. So one show to watch the rest of eternity. The Simpsons is a good call. Um, yeah, it's got the most good seasons. Uh, in the interest of fairness, I won't pick the, the Simpsons, but maybe The Office is what I would go with. At least you got about eight decent seasons of that but the simpsons probably would be a good one because like you said you got 10 solid seasons south park would be a good one too because you have a, just a lot of consistency uh through through many 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 years which is key in this when you need the one show and you're kind of you're kind of stuck on an island so you don't really i don't know that i want like a deep you know like intricate you know i don't want the wire or anything like that you know i don't, I don't want one of those shows or like lost or, i especially don't want lost that would be <laughs> yeah, depressing on all levels so that's i don't want the lost at all but uh yeah something funny to kind of lighten the mood a little bit i i haven't heard is this he didn't specify is this like a cool island or is it like a really desolate island? I guess every island that you're stuck on for the rest of your life. But like if I'm just sipping my ties on a beach, like I don't know, I'm good. <laughs> that's fine with me. That's you know, it's pretty good. But uh, all right, so that that'll be my one show. My one theme song. Um, since you went TV show, I think the Cheer song would be pretty good. It'll keep me in a good mood. I'm I'm, I'm planning on being depressed. <laughs> I was gonna say that's a kind of a bummer there. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess that's with that's the song is all about being with people, and I'm by myself for the rest of my life. Assumingly, he does a loaded question here. We don't know that you're by yourself. Um, let me think about a wrestling theme song. Probably Okada's theme that always gets me pretty hyped up, or Kenny Omega's theme that goes through a few different. Uh... <laughs> He's gonna do poses and hope. Uh... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, someone somebody... sees you far away, like or hope money just rains down. Even though I don't need money, I guess. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah I don't need that. So, if you had to do a wrestling theme song, Joe, which which wrestling theme song would you pick? What thirty-second uh, loop would you want to hear for the rest? Oh of your life? God Almighty! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. God, that's a tough one. I don't know, real American pops in my mind. I don't know why. Maybe I'll be all tan like the Hulkster. I could just—that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. A little Hulkster. You can just do ear cups to the ocean or something. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what. Um, oh, Hakushi's theme would be nice, even though it just depressed me to no level. But... <laughs> I love that theme a lot. Uh, one wrestling video game. Island, oh, do the Islanders have theme music? Oh, the Islanders, you're right. Yeah, maybe like, that'd be a pretty fun one. Uh, one wrestling video game to play. Oh, no, actually, the Fabulous Rougeos would be my one because then I <laughs> I'd just be joyous every moment of my life. Um, one wrestling video game to play, I would, as the aforementioned Revenge, I probably would pick and, and mm. move that on there. So, all right. Uh, Lawson Leon asks, also contributor to voicewrestling.com. Uh, your top five favorite. He asks a bunch of categories here. We're not going to do every one of those categories, uh, but I'm going to ask you RPGs, role-playing games. Joe Gagne, <laughs> your five favorite role-playing games of all time. Uh, you only get five, though. You only get five. Yeah. So I'm strict on that five, so go ahead. Oh, that one set in uh, medieval times where you have to, I don't know. I don't play RPGs. Chrono Trigger? <laughs> Is that what you're thinking yeah. of? No, I'm, they're all, aren't they all Golden set in medieval Axe. times? No, God. Golden Axe is an RPG. It's not an RPG. It's a beat. Yeah, I don't, I don't like RPGs. I don't like <laughs> having to wait my turn to kick some ass. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got more in RPGs as I've gone on uh, in in recent years. I don't know why. For whatever reason, even though I have less time than ever, I now want to play RPGs a little bit more. I don't know if I can come up with a top five favorite. Chrono Trigger is probably my number one. Mm. Um, I think we're legally obligated to say Earthbound. So 
I've never played Earthbound to be honest. So oh, no. I never had it. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm Actually, get um, if you remember when uh, you're probably too young for this, but Nintendo Power once gave away copies of a uh, Dragon Warrior if you uh, resubscribed. I'm like, hell yeah, a free video game, and it's just like walking around killing slimes and it's like you got one gold piece it's like oh shit i see if they a, gave the game away it's a great game you monster out there uh, yeah yeah oh i want a squashing buttons of you grinding your endlessly your way it's grind as fuck yeah they're there yeah. i played the uh what was that they re-released a dragon quest game for the uh 3ds i forget which one it was eight or something like that and i swear to god i put like 50 hours into that game and i looked at like a game facts to see how close i was and i was like halfway done i was like fuck <laughs> i was like yeah. i have been playing this game at one point my wife even asked like are you still playing that game like you've been playing that for like months and i'm like i know i know but i'm almost done and she's like all right and then i look and i'm like wait i'm not almost done what the fuck fuck this game like i don't have time for this anymore this is garbage but uh yeah final fantasy 7 pretty good too i don't love that game as much as some other people do it hasn't really aged all that well i don't know if i can come up with my top five but maybe if uh, a little bit more time i can try to think about that mm-hmm. what about uh about platformers Did any platformers stick out to you that you really enjoyed uh, all time man i always think super mario 3 on the nes is just like a work of art that's a holy grail yeah that i was just, yeah i was like revisiting that on the well you can play that t- you can play it tomorrow and it still is as fun as it was the first Absolutely. time you played it yeah it's, it's incredible I wish he asked about beat em ups because I could. <laughs> Dude, I'm a big beat em up guy too. We should start a uh, uh, video game web series about beat em ups podcast. podcast. Yeah, yeah, fuck about beat em ups all day. I you ever play the Combat Tribes in uh, in the arcade? Uh, ooh, let me look at the game art to see if I have it. Was it Combat Tribes? Com- yeah, it's Combat and Tribes. Oh, that one. Yes, I have. Yeah, I can. Yeah, where it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. just this huge dude. I, there's like, I don't know, you're a cyborg or something. It didn't really explain it, but you're slow as hell, but you just beat the hell. Like, you can do like giant swings and you like slam people's faces in the concrete. That's a great game. You fight in like a baseball stadium at one point in that one, right? Yeah, you fight like the racist Indians mascot. It's like the boss. <laughs> <laughs> See, they're woke. <laughs> yeah. is woke before woke you also cool. fight like Hacksaw Jim Duggan's dad as like the first boss. It's just a big fat guy <laughs> with a two by four. Techno's always had some good stuff. Yeah, I remember that oh, game a lot. Cool. I think it's been at CNES as well. So that's a, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah I think there was a port. That's I don't think it's really sadly out there. But yeah. oh damn it! Yeah, you know I'm not just ditch doing the uh, wrestling games for squashing buttons. and Just play beat 'em ups because I love beat 'em ups, man. It's the best. Like when my buddies and I get together and we're just like playing old games, beat 'em ups are the best because you can just all. And then like it's it's so rewarding to beat them, and they're always fine. Like you know they're always there's a certain level of fun that's even like you know any of the streets of rages you can pick up and play at any moment. It's like any of the Capcom, basically anything that Capcom made that was yeah. a beat 'em up is, is is solid. The even the Simpsons, the Turtles, the any of those are, are super easy to pick up and play. And do that golden axe as we mentioned before uh, a great one but yeah it's a lot of the deep cut ones are actually some of the best the ones that you would never ever think of end up being a lot of fun um there was one if, what am i trying to think of you beat up poachers uh, what the hell is the name of that game <laughs> which is great the, the the analogy of just like using rocket launchers to kill poachers is like uh... <laughs> that's a little yeah <laughs> what oh what the hell is the name of that game beat them up poacher <laughs> i don't know if that's actually gonna get me uh what i need ah uh, that's it so uh, what is it doesn't tell me the name of it growl growl is the name of it well, it's you awesome you just beat the fuck out of poachers the entire time oh, all right <laughs> and, like as you're yeah. doing it like i said you're just launching explosions like you're making elephants run over people for you but it's all in the name of like not killing animals so it's uh it's unique in that sense but uh yeah growl if you ever get a chance to play growl uh there you go all right um Tim Dog asks here, uh, yes, if Chrono Trigger is the best NES game, I'm going to skip that one because I think you would disagree uh, with that since you don't like RPGs. Uh, 
you and Joe, I think he refers to Lanza, but uh, we'll use Gagne as a standard. Always say that WWE has put themselves in a position where booking doesn't matter. But what happens in a few years when these new TV contracts are up? If ratings keep declining and the booking keeps pushing away fans, do you think WWE should be worried about getting a way lower TV deal? What can WWE do to keep their company as profitable as it is now? And if they do get a worse deal, what internal changes do you see happening? So a lot of questions there. Let's just maybe ask in the first one, you know, what happens in a few years when these new contracts are up? Or what happens once these contracts get done and, and maybe ratings keep going down and ratings keep being bad? I mean, do you see it being a, a, a big deal? Because right now it's not really. It's like, yeah, whatever, the ratings are down, but we got a sweet TV contract coming up. Is there a possibility that once that contract gets in, that the ratings being low doesn't over all the way turn overnight and like it becomes an issue? Do, do you see that happening possibly? It certainly could be, but I mean, I didn't think they'd get the TV deals they got this time around. After last time, they got, you know, I think they were disappointed in you know what they promised and what they got. And then the ratings are worse now when they get these enormous deals. So who the hell knows what television is going to look like? Maybe, maybe you know, even their bad ratings will be more valuable at that point. Who I mean, who the hell knows what television and wrestling will look like in five years? I mean, look at, you know, 1993 to 1998, you know, there was an explosion in popularity. I don't think anyone really foresaw coming but the way they I mean, but the way they're set up now they don't really allow for the kind of you know, like one person to get hot and really explode the business so you know maybe vince isn't in charge maybe you know maybe he is maybe he's not and things get worse that way so it's too hard to say i mean i don't think they'll get as good a tv deal next time but you know i didn't think they get a, as good as they got this time so who the hell knows yeah it's hard to say i mean it's it's impossible to know i mean the Big important thing is that they offer content. Like they're a content factory at this point, and and ratings, of course, they're going to want good ratings, but they're also these co- these these stations want content. They just need you know content that they could put on there. Live content, especially, is what they want. That's why they're getting their big TV deals. So we'll see. I mean, if the ratings completely crater on Fox, like yeah, Fox is going to be upset about that. They're paying a shit ton of money and putting them in a big situation. So if the ratings are no no good, that's going to be a problem. If USA USA, I think is always going to sort of because there was that weird period where USA was like kind of getting annoyed at WWE because the ratings weren't that good. But then like now USA is kind of cratered all overall. So like whatever they get from WWE is gravy. Like that, that's it, it. They want that they need, you know, what WWE is giving them. So I think they're fine with that. But yeah, Fox could be the interesting one there. If it's like the ratings absolutely suck and Fox might just say, okay, look, we can put something much cheaper on Friday, but yeah, we don't know the whole details of the contracts. We don't know if there's ratings threshold, if there's opt outs, if there's, you know, clauses in there. So it's hard to know without seeing that, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's really hard to judge right now because yeah, as you said, the TV kind of stinks and the ratings kind of stink and they get their biggest TV deals ever. And they're like astronomical figures. So who the hell knows who the hell knows what the next step is going to be here. But, um, all right. So this is a question. I think this is a good one for you. I'm going to do this one and then we'll do one more. So we're not a little bit too long here so we can get out. But, uh, uh, Dan Waka asks, suppose that all Japan for wrestling is working with WCW instead of new Japan, uh, in the 1990s. So instead, so w, instead of New Japan working with WCW, All Japan is working with WCW in the 90s. That's basically the question. Who makes up NWO All Japan in this fantasy scenario? What WCW scrubs would you like to see make their way into the championship carnival to uh, to job and brutal beatings uh, and just fake Sting challenge for the Triple Crown Championship at some point? Uh, so what do you make of that? NWO All Japan, Joe. Book. <laughs> like Kawada wearing like sunglasses and a shirt. <laughs> I don't know. I have, a hard, I have a hard time with this. They were so straight laced. Yeah, it's hard to believe that just like NWO comes in and yeah, like he said, Kawhi is just like cross armed with glasses on. Like it yeah. made sense for all uh, for New Japan at the time. It seems so difficult to understand. Like yeah, like Buff Bagwell in the Champion Carnival or whatever. Like I know he was in a G one, but it was kind of a little bit different at that point. But yeah, like you know, it's hard to believe. Like you know, <laughs> Hugh Morris is in the Champion Carnival. Yeah, I know. Like, like Giant Baba is gonna like oh better appease Eric Bischoff. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like I don't. Like, yeah. 
So who's in your NWO All Japan, Joe? You, you can't even. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just picture Kawada like smoking a cigarette with his sunglasses on. That'd be pretty sweet, though. Let's be honest. That <laughs> kind of would. Real cool. I don't know. Everyone's <laughs> so like, you know, like so lumpy. It's just kind of. Yeah, nobody like, super like cool, Tawei you know? can't be in there because he's just like yeah, uh, like, like yeah. You don't eh. believe any of those guys would join the NWO, like like Doctor Death. Like I don't. I mean, I'm just right. The, like Stan Hansen. Like I don't know. I don't see. Yeah, any Johnny Ace maybe, but that doesn't quite work. Oh uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of silly. I don't even want to think about it. So I'm not even going to think about it. NWO All Japan. Yeah. Don't think about it. Well, let us know on Twitter at Voices Wrestling who would make up your NWO All Japan uh, in your <laughs> scenario there. But uh, all right. So uh, he also has bonus question here. Uh, also for video games, were you Atari, Nintendo, PlayStation, or Sega in the 80s and 90s? Uh, Coleco, Commodore, and television are also acceptable answers. So, Joe, what is your video game lineage? Uh, had an Atari. Uh, a lot of great, River Raid and Pitfall 2 were my favorites for that one. Uh, went to the classic NES. Uh, jumped to the Sega Genesis after that because there was a nice price drop there. Lament that a little bit in my later years. Uh, back to an N64. And then, uh, then also I had a PlayStation. I was out of college and working at the time. And then a PlayStation 2 and uh, then Xbox 360. And yeah, I, I guess a Switch because my son has one, although not really. Other video, wrestling video games for that are like comically atrocious. So like the, like the WWE. Oh version. my God, the WWE one. Yeah, where it didn't even like yeah. work. Like no, it worked. Like, like it just... like had to cut out like a third of the roster and it just froze up. So <laughs> it never worked. Yeah. Are they doing that again? Are they rolling that back this year for the Switch? I don't, I don't think so. I think they they're really kind of learning their lessons. Yeah, that's, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. My lineage was, uh, so I started with an NES. I was very, very young when I got an NES. Um, that basically set off the rest of my life of being a terrible, <laughs> disgusting nerd. But uh, yeah, so NES. Uh, then I moved on to the Sega Genesis. Then I moved on to the N64. Then I moved on to the Dreamcast from the N64. I think I had those at the same time. Uh, then I did PS2. Then I did Xbox 360. And then I did um, uh, PS4. And then some, obviously some other handhelds in between there. I got the, uh, the original Game Boy, uh, the Game Boy Color, uh, the Game Boy Advance SP or whatever. That's the folded one uh 3ds and then now i have a switch as well so that's all also my lineage in terms of the handhelds but yeah that's uh that's the path i went down pretty happy with that i really wish i had gotten a little bit more in snes as a kid but all my friends had genesis like i was at that age where like you could not have an snes like i had one friend that had an snes and he might as well have just like left school you know what i mean like he just <laughs> mercifully made fun of this kid like he's like uh, you know i'm sure this kid now is just like you assholes like i was playing like these great games and we're like yeah no like we're playing great rpg <laughs> yeah like right He's probably like a, a physicist now, and we're just a bunch of fucking idiots, you know, or we're playing Sonic 2. All right. Well, um, okay. So I had to ask this question. And then we had two more questions that were very good ones, but but we're running out of time here a little bit. But this question I absolutely 100% had to ask you, Joe. I don't even know if I have an answer for this. Uh, Stink of Honor is the <laughs> username on the forums, <laughs> which explains a lot of this question. Okay. Are you ready for this, Joe? Will Lucha Underground get any credit for the wrestling boom when this modern era of wrestling is looked back on? I've been watching it since day one and push creative writing out of it. This is the place where many people, including myself, first saw Pentagon, first saw Phoenix, Ricochet, on TV and in the U.S., Shane Strickland, Cage, Jeff Cobb, and countless other stars who literally have been on the face of indie wrestling since the time the show debuted. Before this, I never saw these guys all over my Twitter feed and gifts. I know everyone laughs at it, but if it weren't for that show, would these guys really have taken off the way they did? Hell, they made Alberto El Patron interesting when he feuded with Johnny Mundo and turned heel on him. 
would it have happened anyways or is it just a coincidence i don't blame anyone for thinking it's cringe but i do think they played a key role in today's wrestling landscape just curious what you guys think so joe will lucha underground ever get their credit for the wrestling boom of the modern era well i mean his credit for the boom is a little overstated. I mean, he's not wrong. And no, when I read that initially, I laughed and I was like, ah, you know, you're not like totally off base here. No, a lot of guys got national television exposure, and maybe you know it's a hundred, hundred thousand people, hundred fifty, but you know that trickles down to the hardcore fans of independent wrestling. And you look at all the, I mean, you know, look at Cage before and after. And uh, you know, he's he's everywhere. He's on Impact now, and. uh you know, Pentagon broke through. He was just a guy like, you know, diehard Lucha fans kind of raved about. And he broke out in a big way. Same with Phoenix. You know, Jeff Cobb, you know, got that from being um, Monster Matanza. I guess I'm unmasking now. But he oh got, you know, God. kind of pushes. I know. I just want to fit in. You know, so, yeah, you know, they, they do get credit for that. But, you know, I don't... When, you know, considering we have to really stop and think about it, they probably won't get the credit. I guess they deserve, but you a lot of things you can fault about it, and I've also watched it since episode one. You know, they've had a good eye for talent. It's kind of kind of what they do with them at times. I mean, they also had a bad eye for talent. <laughs> Seeing too many Cobra Moon matches from my lifetime, but so be it. Yeah, it's um yeah, no, I I the show's absolutely just it's just kind of like horrible. Jack Evans was killed, by the way, in this uh, last episode, in case you didn't know. Yeah, there's just been a uh, enormous death uh Death, death, uh, death toll this season, but yeah, they really, they're really, the numbers are really stacking up. Yeah, they've they've really put yeah. a number on this roster, but uh, yeah, no, like P- Phoenix and Pentagon, they absolutely 100 deserve credit for for kind of breaking those guys out uh, onto the scene, and especially in season one. I think season one was was a big deal. I think a lot of guys broke out in season one and and, and got some stuff. Jeff Cobb, I think you absolutely they should deserve a little bit of credit for for a Jeff Cobb type. Uh, Cage, like you said, I mean, yeah, ardent PWG fans knew about him, but he really broke out a lot uh, a big way. Shane Strickland, yeah, I'll give you credit for that one too because he was a guy who was just kind of floating around i mean that's part of his evolve uh angle right now is like yeah i was here and you guys just like didn't want me and now you know i'm the champion and everybody cares about me uh ricochet will not give them credit for unfortunately like i think he was pretty big everywhere else but you know when we talk about casual fans that might not know anything he might have been you know they might have found him from you know uh again i want to unmask him i mean this is this is a tough one here to unmask ricochet so i won't even bother doing that but yeah i don't know um yeah Maybe. I don't know. I don't think they're going to get any credit for any of this, but maybe they deserve a little bit more. I, I initially did this as a joke, and then like as I was kind of reading through, I was like, yeah, you know what? You're not you're not totally wrong with a lot of this. They they had they've done a great job of cultivating talent from Lucha and, and, and breaking them out on a main scene and and, and also grabbing some uh California indie wrestlers that hadn't quite grown beyond PWG. So I'll give them credit for that for sure. But uh yeah, I don't know if they deserve credit for like a boom, but I'll give, yeah. I'll give them a little bit. So all right, Joe, I think that's it. We talked about the the one last question was asking any plans for Mania. We uh, we already done that. And then uh, our good friend Andrew Rich asked a question about uh, New Japan USA shows. But I think we, yeah. talked, we kind of touched on both of those um, already as well. So I think we are done here for tonight. Yeah. So, Joe, before uh, we get out of here, do you want to give your last plugs out of the way where people can uh, follow you and where they can find some of your other work as well? Uh, yeah, Andrew tried to sneak in a uh, plug for Music of the Mad, his upcoming episode about Kane, but no dice, buddy. Oh, well, and, uh, no, I do love music of the man, and I will enjoy that Kane episode a lot. <laughs> I'm but, uh... and he didn't make a terrible pun in that post, so I'll give him a little credit there. <laughs> uh, as for me, yeah, Twitter is Joe Gagne. Uh, Five Star Match Game will be coming back, taping next week, so probably, yeah, about a week from Tuesday or so. That should be uh, finally returning. Sorry, I'm, 
as pointed out to me, I'm on so many people, other people's podcasts. I kind of neglect to do my own sometimes. How dare you? It's just the uh, cost of doing business. You but, monster. Uh, yep. Uh, Funtime Arcade. Is, uh, search YouTube for that. I, I kind of, I'm just kind of, I don't want to say stuck right now, but I just got to get off my rear and uh, get that next episode done. And uh, Joe versus the world still out there. So uh, yeah, give that, give all those a listen and uh and uh all the great all the great shows here rich doesn't listen to all the shows i listen to all the shows here on the voices of wrestling it's i think you do listen to more than i do <laughs> believe it or not, not to sure. be a bad leader I'll, here but i'll do it yeah i'll do did you know the super j cast has a new shirt at prowrestlingtees.com i did know that actually oh, okay then so, there you i'm go. saying if you listen to their show you should probably know what they talked about it but that's out there for right sure now. yeah 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 no they got they got that stuff yeah on the voice of wrestling podcast network a lot of great stuff as mentioned the five-star match game music of the mats andrew rich's uh great look at the pressing music with kane coming up we got the brit restaurant table as i mentioned they'll have some stuff about the progress wembley i'm sure uh wrestling omakase just released uh, an episode about ddt and all that other good stuff uh patreon wise we have the uh, nfl intelligentsia joe just dropped today his tv reviews uh, as we said, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame stuff coming up for that as well. Uh, additional stuff on the network, the Super J-Cast, uh, the two Sarahs, uh, some good stuff coming up with those uh, as well. Lucha the, the Hidden Temple, of course, a great show as well, and a bunch of other stuff. Open the Voice Gate also did an episode this week, so it's been a busy week for the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, so make sure you subscribe not only to the Voice Wrestling flagship, but also all of those shows as well. Just look for Voice Wrestling uh, Podcast Network on your podcast app of choice, and you should be able to find it. Uh, also, voicewrestling.com, it's where all of our columns, previews, and reviews are. Uh, voicewrestling.com slash forums are a great message boards with topics about everything in the world of wrestling uh and twitter at voices wrestling i mentioned the patreon as well patreon.com slash voices of wrestling and i think that is just about it for us so joe thank you very much for filling in uh, and filling our joe quota for the week i uh, really do appreciate it and uh yeah we'll see you next time on the voice wrestling flagship podcast take care in a world of one million wrestling podcasts there is a new shining star with great interviews analysis music and and me matt coon on total engagement go to any podcast platform to listen today